0: Before that you did Rent. I remember Are we in... going through my whole my whole career right? Well, now. I mean because like <laughs>
1: these are big Start with the beginning. You did a cheap
0: <laughs> commercial. I know that they seem like big events <laughs> in your life which they are, but hold up. The night that we watched him in Rent was the night
1: I lost my virginity. it? <laughs> yeah, I dude. never
2: knew that. Well, I didn't
1: I didn't see him in Rent. I saw him when he did In the Heights. Uh, oh. Remember when you did that? Uh, that was later yes, on. Yes, yes, yes. That, that was, was a little bit later, yeah. That was later on. Did you lose your virginity that night? <laughs> no, I had, <laughs> The girl I brought to that, I'd been banging for a while, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, Whoa. So, thank you. Yeah, it was You're crazy. welcome. So thank Christian. you. You're welcome.
0: It can't be that bad. Oh, 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 be that bad, oh, be that bad. Welcome to listeners. Woo. Let's welcome the baddies. Baddies, welcome to another episode of ICBTB's Highly Irrelevant. This yes. is a very special episode because I am surrounded by people that I love. Right now, um, we have a very special guest, one of our best friends on this goddamn planet. We have Austin Scott the Third, right?
3: Yeah. Of you? <laughs> yeah you are the That's silliest
0: what? you look so cool like on on social media and all that stuff but right now you have a weighted blanket i was on... gonna say
2: i had to give the weighted blanket a shout out i fully am <laughs> i'm not gonna keep it up here the whole time but you've no. never had a weighted blanket i've before? never i've never experienced it before at it's the so end of lovely. the
1: episode give it a full review how many stars and like what you think
2: okay i shouldn't like look into the camera right you know, I mean, we are ha- we're the ones just like talking right, to you. It's just like right there <laughs> for some for some reason. I don't usually have that impulse, but this time I just want to keep looking right into. Yeah. it. I'm not going to look into it the whole time. You're a but...
0: film actor, and like when you're actually on set, do you not we're have not that allowed impulse to look? To.
2: Oh, of course I'm not. Allowed
0: <laughs> he <to. laughs> gets whipped like... with the wet a wet noodle. Here's a
2: little known secret. We're not allowed to look at it. <laughs> you camera. can't look at the camera. You can't came on here. This is you're hearing this for the first time. You Can't look what? at the camera. No, but like literally, we'll we will do an entire take, and like it'll be so good, and then like one person afterwards will be like. I looked in the camera and I'll be like, God damn it. Oh, don't we say anything. Because like if one person does this in like a take, you know, and like you can't use that take then. You can uh-huh. cut around it, but it's like But what's know. making but you wanna look at this camera? It's I don't know, it's just right there. It's kind of <laughs> invasive. It's not like like usually it'll be like slightly off to the right or something like that. I'm not I'm not trying to criticize your Do you setup? wanna just <laughs> reset up my entire studio? No, 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 it's great, it's great.
0: It's Great, it's I just nice might, to I have I you might man. every now and, oh, and then. You're <laughs> doing
2: great, bro. You're doing great,
0: you're killing it, man. Christian Thanks. is not sensitive about anything, definitely not his production <laughs> skills of this podcast. I'm not
1: putting out this episode, oh, fuck, Austin.
2: <laughs> it's great, we can move on from
1: there, dude. That.
0: I love you. We love you. It's love nice too. to have you in here. Happy holidays to you and yours, my Thank friend. You. For yes, the sir. listeners <laughs> out there, if you don't know, Austin Scott. Austin uh, is a terrific actor, a good friend of ours. He is a
1: Broadway actor. You're a Netflix star. You're a fantastic singer. You're a cool guy, an adequate friend. Uh, I hear you're a good fiancé, and you uh, fostered multiple puppies, haven't you? Not at once. Uh, oh, but. wow.
2: <laughs> you, you did a deep dive there, didn't you? I mean, no, I, I fostered one child.
1: Usually Christians don't. <laughs> did you say a child? An actual human it child? It feels like a child.
2: <laughs> we call our dog a baby so much that it just kind of happens. No, My we fostered one dog and then the other dog we just adopted. You but. just kept. You, yep. I think those are called foster failures. No, because we didn't foster it. Oh, me. you just we sold it?
1: That one's mine now. Sold it? Stole. Stole it. Does that better?
2: Look at it, I guess. I guess Is that okay. better. <laughs>
0: Um, do you still get nervous? What, like in interviews? Just in
2: general. Do you still get oh, nervous? Oh, yeah, all the time. Really? Yeah, for sure. So let's say like an audition. Do you still get nervous? Of course. Wow. Yeah, I get nervous all the time. I get Especially like the first three days of any new project are hell for me. Uh-huh. I'm like, I get so, I just like, I feel like I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I don't belong there. I don't like, you know, I'll do like months of work and preparation and I'll get there and somehow I'll feel like I have done Should've nothing. Done yeah, exactly. So, oh yeah, all the time. But it's just like become a part of it.
1: Was there ever a time when you felt anxious coming to <clears throat> set or coming to a project um, and then those like fears or nerves were right and like everything just like ended up I being really dead?
2: didn't belong there. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and it just wasn't like
1: a good vibe? Like has that ever happened? Because we've seen you Perform in, I mean, a couple of different times now, and, like, you seem to have a very good connection with the cast and crew, and Mm -hmm. we know you, and we know you're a very likable person and stuff, uh, but has there ever been a a project that you've done where you felt on the
2: outside or felt ostracized, Mm -hmm. but yet, for the good of the project, you just kind of chewed through it? Yeah, I don't know about ostracized, but there's definitely times where I just feel like I don't fit in as well, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just not... um Of the same culture or something or like, or, or we'll be doing a project. Like even right now I'm doing this thing, you know, um, this basketball series and like most of the other guys playing these players either played professionally, like overseas or something like that, or like, you know, commercially or, you know, follow basketball really well. And I'm showing up just like, I don't know jack about it. you know to. what i mean like yeah. I, yeah I used to follow basketball i played because when know, I talking about vince carter like <laughs> right, right but like they're talking about stats and there's you know For all sure. of these For things sure. and, like oh this specific games four years ago yep. you know what i mean and like i can't be a part of those they're conversations in so in, in, in that regard i do feel like an outsider very sure. much so but um but that's when the camera's like off and, yeah exactly and you when, don't the
1: it, when the camera's on you don't notice it at all right because exactly. you guys are professional and stuff exactly does that do you feel like you could have had a better would it make a difference if you had that kind of connection to him and could like talk and stuff, would would it affect the on screen persona or no? I
2: don't could know. It? I mean, I think I think if everybody's good and everybody's professional, sure. then like it you could you know yeah 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 we we find ways to of course f- manufacture that connection or find that connection and then it's real on camera. That's why you're
1: a professional actors. Yeah, exactly.
2: I am. I am a professional actress. Thank you. <laughs> your
1: tits look great. Thanks. Um, uh... Do
0: you get anxiety from like because in your line of work? you're constantly meeting new people mm-hmm. and there's like being certain types of person that being a plumber you're meeting a bunch of different people no but being an actor you're 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 doing different mm-hmm. projects and meeting like and there's big personalities in the realm of acting does that like give you like a some form of anxiety of like oh man i gotta new meet new people i have to like get along with them and all of that stuff
2: i never feel like i have to get along with anybody Uh I think really like I want to I want you know people to like me and I want to like other people because it just makes the job more fun but like I think it's more for me the anxiety comes more from a place of am I good enough you know what I mean Mm -hmm. for this like it's and it's not that I don't feel like I'm good enough it's just I think it's a very natural thing especially when you're working at a higher level like you know I'll be at a table read and Lawrence Fishburne is right there and you know Ed O'Neill and you know all these people around here who I idolize and I'm like Ooh, I'm doing the same thing and Ed
1: O'Neill together. This project. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, fuck. That's great. Sterling affairs. Yeah. I was really hoping that it was, you you were secretly working on a return of, uh, my, not my wife and kids. What the oh. fuck? Is Ed O'Neill show? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Married, was, with was, married with children. Married with children. Married with children. Yes. Yeah. No,
2: no, this one. But you know, just like in moments like that, where I'm just like, I, you know, idolize these people like For they're sure. legends it's, and I'm doing, I'm like reading i'm in them. a scene with them you know what i mean like it, that takes a minute and it's then i wait yeah exactly but
0: let me ask you this does that make you perform better when you have those kind of nerves mm-hmm. knowing that you're performing in front of these people that you idolize or is that are you the type of performer where nerves kind of make it worse for
2: you i don't think yeah i don't yeah. think nerves help me ever so like for instance when i oh. was doing hamilton <clears throat> i i I never wanted to know when somebody famous was in the audience. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they they would do that where they'd be like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, Draco Malfoy, Tom Felton is here, yeah. or, you know, whatever. And I just don't want to know because like, it's not necessarily that it's going to hurt my performance. It's just, I know it's, it's not going to help. now it's there. Yeah, exactly. Now it's a thing that I'm thinking about as opposed to just thinking about living out the story. You know what I mean? I don't I don't like to to think about a specific person in the audience, even if whether they're famous or not. I just don't like to think about that. So, um I don't think it helps me, but I've gotten better at using it. I think mm-hmm. you know, I just like channeling it, turning it into excitement or energy or something wow. like that that cool. I can use. But and that's
1: what makes you successful, right? Because if it was crippling and you weren't able to do it, you wouldn't have the success. Pretty hard to keep, keep getting, getting hired. Yeah. yeah, do the things that you're doing. Yeah, dude. Yeah, uh, because in your line of work, there's
0: like, there is always going to be that nervous excitement because. I mean, especially like when you were still uh, living in LA the first time, you had to audition for a bunch of things before yeah. landing like a very uh, long, committed project, right? Mm-hmm. And how is that like feeling? Uh, because they say that, and I don't know if it was you that told me or someone else that was acting that told me, but like the average is about one in 50 auditions, you'll land a callback.
2: Oh my gosh. A callback, that depends on where you're at in your, in your career. I think callbacks are probably more frequent than that, or they can be, mm-hmm. but- a yes, it can be very rare. Like I, <clears throat> I don't know, I've been acting semi-professionally since I was, you know, pretty young. But before Hamilton, which was kind of my first commercial success, I probably went on like four to 500 auditions and Jesus got Christ. yeses on a very small percentage of those. So it's I, the vast majority by and large is no for and, sure well know. yeah that's
1: the hard part yeah. about the career right and yeah if you could <clears throat> guesstimate how many like yeses you got just in this last year right since we're now in a new year in 2022 would yeah. you say it's less than 10 yeses now
2: less than 10 yeses I well, mean, I mean, i don't know what, what's yeah a, what's...
1: no i mean because you can book a project that's not
2: going to start for a year right eight months right it's harder to judge now i mean so I, i've i don't know how many projects i've done in the past year but like for every project I've done, I've probably done at least 10 self-tapes, sure. you know what For I mean, sure. that I didn't get. But everything's self-tape now. That's the That's other true. wild thing is like it used to be you go into a room and you could feel the energy and you you know you know if they like you or not. And then you get a call back and there'd be more people in the room. Now you do one tape and nine times out of ten, like – that tape gets circulated to sure. you don't know how far you Whoa. go sometimes. You know what I mean? Like I I could go all the way to the executive producer and be the second option and not get it and never even know.
1: And it's just as good as if they threw it in the trash. Yeah, got exactly.
2: It. And didn't even show it, which a lot of times that happens. Like they're, they're, a lot of times, you know, casting directors and people, like they get so many tapes nowadays that they'll watch the first five seconds and decide if they want to keep watching or not, you know, and you could do all this work on like three 10 page scenes and doesn't even get watched.
0: So you have to to engage them right from the get.
2: Yeah. That's insane.
0: And so um, all in all with the pros and cons for each uh, of these auditioning types, whether in person or self tape, which ones do you prefer or which one do you prefer between the two?
2: I prefer in person. I think most time, cause I just, there's an energy and stuff that you get to feed off of in the room that you don't get when you're in a self tape. And like also in a self tape situation, you're having to be your own, like videographer and you're yeah. having to choose your own takes and, you know, or, or sometimes you can have help, but like, I don't know. It's just, I don't think an actor should really be judging their own performance like yeah. that should be like watching it back and then being like, Ooh, okay. Mm. I want to do it again. Or that's the take I want to submit. Like something about that feels weird to me. This sure. is what I think it is. I think I, I connect with that because
0: <clears throat> just yesterday, so I'm trying to put out like a, you know how I do these singing covers and I mm-hmm. put them all on Instagram and like YouTube um with being able to record my myself with these covers, I have the opportunity to be a perfectionist with it yeah exactly which is a beautiful thing but also a crippling thing because yeah. you're gonna do a fucking a thousand takes right. because you're never going to be satisfied right. as opposed to like if I were to just go out on stage and sing it, is it. What it is. right it is what it is and I'll have more fun with it because there's the energy of the right. audience
1: and your benefit though is that you are a very adequate. And I mean this in a good way. That's that not a bad no, I, words, but editor. Thank you. Right, you're and right. not to take anything away from you, Austin, but like, is it tough because it now you're editing your own stuff and you're in it and you're trying to like. You're judging yourself what they want, not even judging for what you like, but what for they like. Yeah, I mean
2: that part for sure. Because I don't really edit them together anymore. I kind of just send the rock clips to my you know manager, and then they help put it together. And that's what
1: yeah, you need a manager to look at it and tell you like this is the one you should be. using Yeah, exactly. That's massively helpful. Because
2: another thing you don't get by not going into the room is you don't get feedback. You don't get you know like in a room you can do it once and be like okay awesome that was cool. Try dropping this in like let's do something different. In a in a self tape you're just guessing. You're just like you're trying to do as many different variations as possible, and then maybe send them sometimes they'll accept more than one take of a scene you know and you can show them different things but a lot of times it's just kind of like just let's guess and let's put something out there and you know they they oftentimes don't don't you know want to give notes because that takes more time well yeah
1: because because how many people do they have to see in a single day and you know the casting director wants to do their best job they're also doing a job too exactly um how many people have you met you know doing this and being in the industry that uh, haven't been able to like adapt to this new change right like because because this is all post-covid yeah right right? exactly because it changed everything in the world so it's like are you noticing that there's some people who just aren't aren't able to adapt to it and are just kind of or or has everybody i mean
2: i think everybody everybody, everybody's working everyone's successful uh, to a point everybody's adapting because they have to but i mean is are they doing better now or are they doing as well audition wise like as before i don't you know i don't know about that sure but It's, I think by and large, most people prefer in-person auditions I, yeah, that I've course. talked to. Yeah, you know what course, I mean? Just because you, you, you miss that.
1: Will there, you think, be a generation of actors that would prefer this, like, Kids that are being trained right now, people that are mm-hmm. learning, yeah. they're going to be trained in, right? Like at home yeah, tapings probably. and stuff. So well, they'll, yeah. they'll be more comfortable in yeah. it. And-
0: Think about Gen Z kids, dude. <clears throat> if we're living during this. Oh, they've been
1: recording themselves forever. Yeah, yeah.
0: They are professional film editors with TikTok. Mm-hmm. They are used to having a camera with them. Right. Face. That's a good point. We are yeah. shoving iPads into the hands of adolescent children, toddlers. Toddlers that right. don't know what a, a home phone is, they right. know what a screen in their hand is, and they know what. They know more so their own self-recording than their own reflection in the mirror, which is crazy, right? Yeah. And so when they have the opportunity to do uh, self-tape, they're going to be like, hell yeah, I know how to do this. I've been performing for myself um, as a kid as opposed to now. It's uh, kind of dumbing down their ability to interact in person. so actually auditioning in person is gonna make it a little tough for them because they're not as social because that's a whole other conversation
2: yeah. there's about that, social yeah. media and everything because you could be you great know. at
1: self-taping and then once you show up on site if you're a shit actor.
2: yeah. Well, that that I think is something that is missing too from not being like by not going into a room, one, they don't get to really get a sense for your personality and understand, you know, how you're going to be yeah, off yeah, camera just in general. People, yeah. But also you're not getting a sense for them. Like you're not yeah. getting to get like when I would go into a room, I get to also kind of audition them and be like, are these people I want to work with? Exactly. Are they, you know, like, how do I feel about these people? Do I
1: want to be stuck with these people essentially 24-7
2: uh, for the next three months, right. four months? Right. It's, right. It's, yeah. Do they seem passionate? Do they seem, you know, like, like, are they complete assholes? Like, you don't know. But I mean you know, this is all the negatives of it. In theory, though, it actually should make the whole industry more equitable because more people... Are being seen for these roles, right? right? You know what I mean. Like it used to be, if you didn't but live in LA,
1: are they just watching the first five seconds? Good question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. That I don't know. That's the tough that's part, a,
2: exactly. Mm-hmm. But you know, before it used to be, if you didn't live in in New York or LA or one of these hubs, you couldn't really, you know, go in and be seen for these, or you would put in a self tape. But sometimes in those days, they wouldn't even watch any they, of the ha- self tapes because they have people they, coming in because they have the names mm. and stuff that they want to come in. So yeah, on on paper, it should make it more equitable, but I don't know if that's actually the case. I don't know.
1: Well, the road to hell is paved with good. Intentions, right? Everyone wants go. to do the nice things, but sometimes it doesn't. That's right, it's tough. That's right. Let's uh,
2: this this turn into an acting podcast? I don't know, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> we start talking about movies, and we yeah, have a true, real movie
1: person here, you know. And
0: I mean, it's just nice because like it's uh, we've all
1: we like to take a change from fart jokes and dicks, bro. Like sometimes we <laughs> want to be smart and talk about our emotions and our feelings.
0: We've dab I mean, and we can all connect to it because we've dabbled in acting and we right. all like doing something uh performance wise or performance adjacent so it's so fascinating to like talk to one of our best friends and see like what your experience is and live through like your
1: experiences
2: and also well
1: yeah and to quote christian you did the damn thing you did the (laughs) damn thing
2: and i we but we all like our our relationship was formed doing the damn thing like you know like we on improv team and like doing you know plays and stuff like Mm we that's like not how we met but that's really how we got close sure. how it's yeah, exactly. you know what exactly. I
1: mean? yeah because i mean i was trying to remember this actually just the other day we met in this second grade yeah i've known you for a long time for a time. really long time and like we had been making videos and stupid shit like yeah. since the second grade yeah um so we've always loved to do that and love to
2: perform and be involved in stuff like that and be the center of attention yeah um but we but we we got close close i was we were close close like Young, yep, and then we kind of drifted apart Separated. a little bit, and yeah. then we got close again. Yep, I don't know what that was like eighth grade or ninth grade I or I think it like was. That.
1: Well, yeah, maybe we got closer once we got to high school for sure. But again, it really yeah. was the first year that I was on the improv team. Yeah, and then the next year you joined the team as well, and we yeah. all did the musical and stuff. And then senior year was when we became like this holy trinity right. that, <laughs> that somehow became, you know the 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 frontmen of our senior class.
2: It was really. I don't know how that happened. I don't, I don't know. know. I think they could we have just, picked a weirder group. It was weird. I know we got called up by by like Ron We're, Wheat, right? No, like, we got to, by the, to like make a speech or something. I don't know. Just what to happened. stand
1: up at graduation for whatever reason at the graduation ceremony, they made the three of us stand up.
0: It was uh
2: that, for, for what. I don't know. I don't remember. I know. I was like, what did we do? Yeah, I <laughs> smoked weed in the parking lot. What are you guys doing the here? The vice principal
0: was saying, uh, and we'd like to thank uh, these three gentlemen, Austin, Scott, Alejandro, Middleton, and Christian Baltazar for providing laughs for uh, the class of 2011. Oh, is that what it was? And when you guys stood up, like standing next to you two,
1: very no, just like No, we stood towering. up in our seats, and yeah. we were all so far apart from each other because Scott, Baltazar, Middleton, mm-hmm. oh, like right. we weren't close to each other, right? So we're just like, Hey! over there well
0: but no what i meant was like in general just like walking with you guys it was kind of like uh in in grown-ups when rob schneider to use this reference when rob schneider's daughters come Uh from a distance and it's uh they're like two hot girls and the third one is the one that actually looks like rob schneider i'm the one that actually looks like rob schneider (laughs) (laughs) At the time, and then like I think I've really formed into my myself and my body. But you look
1: great, buddy. Don't don't change. You're the you. coolest among
2: was, us. You always were the coolest. How was I, Austin? You just yeah. were. I'm just hey. <laughs> Let me. Yo, you I'm had the shoulder sway. Praise. You had
0: the shoulder sway a long time Please ago. He said shoulder
2: sweat. <laughs> <You> <laughs> shoulder. The, the, there's nothing cooler than some shoulder wow, sweat, Austin. Super I didn't know shoulder. he had sweat
1: glands there. <laughs> but wow. Does not even sweat from the pit? I saw you put your arm around him. How did that feel?
2: Yeah, most. Oh, <laughs> it's it's so just moist. the dumbest joke in the world. I don't, I don't
1: <laughs> if you don't think we'll beat that to death, we will. Uh, I remember when it was hailing at school senior year and we just both... We like ran in Oh girl <laughs> uh, we that, like ran is into that each that other's Melissa oh okay, <laughs> god Is that Melissa
2: barking? No. It sounded like a like a throw-up She
1: screamed a throw up,
2: yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: we like ran into each other on the way to the bathroom and it was hailing, so we were playing in the hail and one of the <laughs> We were playing in the We the were playing hail. in the hail, throwing it at each other and shit, and then one of the like <laughs> campus supervisors. Drove up on us and was like, "Keep doing that. I want to take a picture." <laughs> Rather than fearing for your safety because it's hail, or, or you know, telling us to go back to class because it was the middle of class. Wow, we
2: we got away with some stuff because we made people laugh. Like we, I feel like we we did get away. Gotta with gotta make stuff.
1: you gotta make the faculty like you if you want to get away with shit in high school. Well,
0: I think it's just important, and I've brought this into like every job that I've worked at as like one of the skill sets for hail me fight. to get hired is just being really good at throwing hail at people um no is boosting morale i mean mm. like that i think because when yeah. i what i work in biotech i work in a team constantly and like you have to know how to talk to people you have to know how to like boost morale in a strenuous situation you have to know how to work under pressure and all that stuff which is where our performance came in and i'm grateful because i learned from you two a lot in through improv because I was a, I was so nervous before actually joining the improv team, and then like, uh, gaining the courage and bravery to just get up on stage with nothing planned, mm. like is such a beautiful concept. And yeah. like
1: well, and for for me, improv is the only thing that I've ever never gotten nervous for. Everything else, you know, that's crippling. the only thing you've ever gotten nervous for is improv. No, not, improv? Oh, not really. everything else. It's crippling anxiety. I mean, you've mm. seen me at open mics and like yeah. trying to do different things. Like, yeah. I have pretty crippling. Anxiety when it comes to being like on stage and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But improv has never been a problem for me. Like, I always feel better doing that um, for whatever reason. Uh, but there was a time also when I wasn't afraid to get on stage and like, and I can notice that now yeah. I have like, there was a good time, probably senior year. Cause I had such a fucking inflated ego mm-hmm. that I wanted to be in front of people at any given time. Yeah. Now it's kind of, I'm more realistic with it. And it's like, ah, maybe I shouldn't be up there.
2: Maybe I shouldn't be up here right now. No one's <laughs> laughing. Well, like I think two things. One, we were very lucky that we were at a school where improv was cool. Yeah. Quote unquote. Like, you know, people yeah. liked improv. Like people actually came to the improv shows and would laugh and like, it was a thing. Yeah. What else are they going to do? I guess. Well, I guess that's true, but I think a lot of schools where you know you go to you go to the, the sports games and like that's you know true. the improv is like you know, not really cool. So that was one thing that was cool. Um, but the other thing is, did I completely lose my? I is <laughs> <laughs> why I should never start with a list of two things. You forget the set second thing. Up. Exactly. No, here it is. The other thing is, nothing could go wrong right yep, like there was no there was no script there was no like parameters to stay within within you just if something didn't land you just did something else you just kind of kept pushing it until you got a laugh or until you whatever well, yeah, but it's like we nothing always used to go joke, wrong.
1: um i've especially senior year and stuff like that like if any scene starts going wrong me and you would just like throw ourselves on the floor
2: exactly like
1: there was always a way to save yeah. it and yeah. turn it mm-hmm. into something and save it with a big laugh right and i think what helped us quite a bit is like we, we like crack the code right pretty early and right. we're like
2: uh th- this is how it's done i remember there was a, i had this one reoccurring joke where it was like this evil gnome, gnome. remember the yeah. gnome yes. thing and if if ever like a game of like world's worst or something wasn't going well i would just go and just drop down to my knees and do this mm-hmm. and everyone would lose it and that was such cheap humor <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. it was not smart like it was a, i was just recycling a joke that worked one time and
1: if you weren't there four weeks ago or, you know, four shows ago. Right, right. You you got it.
0: Right. Well, the beauty of high school improv is that we don't have to... Uh perform comedy at the top of our intelligence Mm. and the other
1: that was the top of my intelligence (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: but um did you not hear my ross perot joke back then (laughs) that's actually yeah impressive though (laughs) but with that with doing high school improv we had the same people coming to the shows Mm -hmm. right and so they were able to acquire these inside jokes like a a serial killer
1: gnome and whatnot which Uh, is probably why they liked us right which is why they kept coming back because they because we would feed into these inside jokes and stuff like that that make them feel like they're a part of the show. Right. Uh, but and, nowadays
0: it wouldn't pass. Let's say like uh, if you if we were to do sets that, I don't think they do improv at the comedy store. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But there's such a uh, a rotating roster of audience members because it's such oh, yeah. a big venue that you can't do inside jokes unless they know you oh, from something else. Which is
1: probably why I like places like UCB <clears throat> and all that shit had their own theaters. Yes. And you could have the people who come here every week. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Improv is very...
2: Um, unique in that way yeah I right? mean you both probably experienced this but like I went I moved to LA after high school mm-hmm. and was you know like oh I, improv I know how to do improv like I may not be you know be trying to figure it out auditioning and all this stuff but like I know I can go do improv so I signed up for like I don't know groundlings or something mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that and got torn apart Whoa, like did really? all the things that I thought were funny and like the teacher would just be like that's not funny or wow. "That's that's." Lowbrow or like that's, that's cheap, or here. that's you know, yeah, exactly. I got
1: I got that a little bit when I first joined Dragon Viper Cobra. Yeah. Because mm. you guys had Greg reasoner had it so well done and so down to uh like a science. He's the only person I've ever met who has successfully figured out like the science and mathematics of improv. Mm. And at first, especially with the way I was and kind of how I was like, like I I wasn't willing to accept it and it wasn't until later on when i really saw like his talent with it and his his really incredible grasp yeah on what it is that it finally like oh i i get it but that's how i am with everything like you have to like show me the yeah, show, sure. show your work sure um but but yeah but because improv is incredibly serious taken seriously now yeah they were trying
2: to turn me into a more mature comedian i, did, I just don't what were think they i was good at that
0: trying to teach you do you remember like uh, clearly, like what the curriculum was like, and like uh, what you were
1: doing, and what they were shooting down. Well, the first class was how to blow Harvey Weinstein. Oh, oh my god! The Second oh, class was so you have size
2: fifteen feet. <laughs> size fifteen feet. Exactly. Let's just start back there, and then we'll, 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 way find, our way, we'll find our way back. To <laughs> okay, this. all right. Um, no, I don't remember the curriculum. I just remember. Uh, I just remember them saying that's not always some for. version of that's not what we're here for, or just like that is cheap, you know, mm-hmm. or that is, uh, you know, that's the, that's low hanging fruit. Like, don't, you know, don't go for that. And like, it just, it did really put me in my head, quite a bit to the point where that's course. probably why i stopped doing improv because i remember in high school i just would i just would do stuff you know and it was beautiful yeah it, i'm not saying it was you know beautiful that it was good but it was it felt, it felt beautiful <laughs> it because art. it was so freeing yeah but it was it art i don't know about that like i could it never that have moment right right yeah. right exactly but i think you know they were trying to get me to the next level where i you know could become something like whose lines in any way like sure. wayne brady sure. or something like that and you know that it's just a whole other level of mastery that, that well, I ever had. But. And we're really similar in the sense
1: of, um, especially something like improv that we've been doing for so long and done so well and been successful in it. It's tough for us to take change. Yeah. Uh, whether it's good or bad or we agree with it or not. Um, to the point where, like, you know, as much as I learned and grew from, from Dragon, Viper, Cobra and from Greg and stuff, I, al- I always took all those lessons and stuff that I learned but still never— Purposely, still never stopped the kind of humor and stuff that mm-hmm. I've always had, because for me, I got and especially at that time, I was like, "Well, I'm trying to find like my my comedic identity and shit like that." Mm-hmm. And I was really trying to double down on the character that I would play, mm-hmm. and um, but I but you know, learning to to do it that way, the the technical side of improv mm-hmm. was something that you know, if we wouldn't have learned that, we wouldn't be able to do the show and be able to do the stuff. And uh, the biggest thing that I think maybe it must have been Greg or somebody told us told the both of us because of course christian and i would do scenes together all the time was like we don't know how to end and mm. like the first time i heard that like it opened everything up to mm-hmm. me like that's why i never finish a script because i don't know how to end shit mm. that's why christian has to end every episode because i don't know because i'll just keep going until until i'm <laughs> yeah. out of breath <laughs> yeah. like you know th- that is and like I, I, that is such a conscious thing that i wouldn't have thought about unless i had been uncomfortable and put into this position yeah. where somebody does know more and i have to be able to accept it yeah uh, and grow and learn and you know uh just Trying to adapt. I
0: think what we learned, I think the structured improv, whether it's from Groundlings, whether it's mm-hmm. from Upright Citizens Brigade, whether it's from Dragon Viper Cobra, it, it gives you a template. You're not supposed to follow it. Even though there is a science, you're not mm-hmm. supposed to follow it like a religion. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, well, for DV for Dragon Viper Cobra, yeah. But UCB and Groundlings, we know they wanted it to be a religion. They wanted to. Because be. they wanted you to buy in and get, the to, the and level, and get that that to the stuff. next level, get to the next level. get That's the only problem that, you're right. Ideally, it should be exactly <laughs> what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But we know with those two in particular, it very quickly became a money making scheme. And it's weird, Absolutely. like, how n- nobody thought a group of acting, of improv actors weren't going to be able to run a company. It's almost like as soon as they got the next best thing, they'd leave. Mm-hmm. Of course, their company fucking collapsed.
0: But I mean, take it for what it was when it was existing.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, it still does But improv actors, it's a tough group to make them run a company that's supposed to be uh, indefinite. Yeah. To start a school and teach people. No, they're going to take the next great opportunity and go and that's why they did. That's why they went to Saturday Night Live and started kids mm. in the hall and started, you know.
0: But I think that's what it's what they wanted it to be was to like, "Hey, let me let's provide you with these tools and skill sets yeah. so that you could take it into the real world." Which is why I mean, I've noticed from the one weekend that I went there and I actually I watched like a good amount of shows, I Within the next year or two, I started recognizing people Mm. from those live Mm -hmm. shows in commercials. I started recognizing people. Do you remember Dropout TV has that Game Changer Mm -hmm. show? Mm -hmm. There's like five people that I saw in that weekend alone from the uh, Improv 101 class. Not 101. They're graduating
1: class Mm. that I saw that weekend uh, on that show. And to me, that – and this is just me because I'm the cynic of our group. um, That doesn't – for me, that doesn't give more credo to these groups. That gives more credo to these people and how hard they're working. These groups are just the the next facet and the next step that they had to do to get into the industry and stuff like that. But think about how many people take groundling classes and UCB classes thinking that they were going to get up and up and up and like they just didn't. Now that could also be they just maybe didn't have that dog in them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean?
2: But uh, Well, I think it also has to do with like I think I took that class and heard the tools mm -hmm. and processed them as rules Mm -hmm. and got really like – in my head about oh i can't can't do this and i have to do this and when this happens this must happen and i think people who are actually successful and this goes for i think any training program in acting is in anything in anything really but yeah like like take what you learn as tools and not rules and then you're able to keep yourself and your freedom and all the things that make you a good artist or a good whatever but you have you have these tools
1: that's surprising that you're saying that because you're the one who taught me and told me that like you know when you go to when I was trying to do auditions and stuff, and I was calling, in fact, the very, very first audition I ever did for anybody, you were there with me. You drove out and met me there. Oh, uh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, And I went in. And it was like in the back of a tile shop. Right? Uh-huh. And I was like, Austin, is this weird? And you're like, no, this is actually pretty standard for <laughs> what, like, what's going on over here. But, um, but yeah, so like, you, you know, you, you have... Shit, I lost it. What
2: did I teach? What did I say
1: to you? You told me that um, when you take, act, not acting classes, but uh, not seminars... A oh, workshops. Or workshops. You, I remember you told me really early on, because I had signed up for a workshop, and you were like, look, they're going to say a lot of stuff, and they're going to tell you a lot of things, and you're going to agree and disagree with a lot of it, but be present for all of it. Mm-hmm. And I make. I don't think these are the words you used. These are, well, I, uh, hope, sound I, like, I hope they were. These <laughs> <did it> are <laughs> like like good word. words. And yeah, maybe no, that's going. why I'm remembering it. <laughs> I'm going like, to claim all of these. you got to <laughs> be present in the moment, and then afterwards figure out what you learned there and what's going to be useful. Wow. And I remember going to that workshop, and I think it wasn't even an acting workshop. It was like it was an editing workshop uh, that I had gone to, learning like Final Cut Pro 4. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it really was like, okay, well, I'm going to take what I learned and, and and go from there. And that has always been kind of like my mantra, especially like as a bartender. stuff. So if you go to a new restaurant, everyone wants to teach you their way and how they yeah. do it. You got to take, okay, that's how you want to do it. But I know, I know how to make a mojito. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so... Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because, you're again, like I said, you're the one who told me to be like, yeah, you, yeah you're supposed to take what, what you need and stuff because- That's cool. I mean, you go to a workshop or anything, they're going to hand you a toolkit, right? Yeah. UCB right. or whatever it is, or John Smith's acting class, they're going to hand you a tool belt uh, and then you get to leave with it because it's free because you paid for it. Right. But, you know, I only needed the fucking Phillips head screwdriver. Right. I didn't need the hammer.
2: Right. And then as you go on and you work and you meet people and stuff and you work with other people- you might take one of their tools yep. and maybe, you know, discard yeah. one that doesn't oh. work for you and, you know, put it in the Or remember, your be like, oh, though. this
1: hammer does work here. This is right. what,
2: exactly what I needed
1: for this moment. And it's yeah,
0: right. I mean, like, even outside of uh, the realm of performance, like, improv and what I've learned with improv has just helped me as a person. Yeah. It has helped me with, like, small talk, which I kind kind of hate if I don't care but like it helps you just like think think quickly on your feet and like be a little bit witty it helped me with talking to girls because prior to improv like I was I was nervous to hug girls back in the 8th grade
1: you were nervous after too
0: <laughs> afterwards yeah I was nervous up until my very first kiss uh, but it taught me like how to like be comfortable in myself mm-hmm. and know like Christian you are a funny guy yeah like do you have a personality
1: there and that was our mistake teaching you that oh
0: uh, telling me that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> just keep
2: derailing him. No, <laughs>
1: just, just, cool. just cool. Keep cool Christian, <laughs> like <laughs>
2: Just keep popping him. <laughs> you're here. doing great, Christian. It's fine. Work harder. A little bit more. Oh, you go. never good enough. Five more
1: we do, and you're right. We learn it, we and we apply it to our real life. Um, I mean, did do you ever? What do you ever walk away from a interaction or something and be like, oh, that was like this thing that I've learned coming out again, or or because for me, I, I mean, I always notice that like I'll say something and be like, oh, that was. I told Christian the other day. Had an interaction with a stranger and the guy was like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, like, thank you, like that made my day or whatever. And I was like, Oh, that's Christian. That's mm-hmm. Christian talking to me all the time. Mm-hmm. And because uh, yeah, um so have you ever noticed yeah. using tools
2: in public and Yeah. I mean, first of all, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I love that. Thank you. Um Yeah, I, I think it comes to me more in like I have all these voices, like different different people's voices in my head's the, head that are Teachers, they're different teachers or different like, you know, friends or things like that. And like in moments I will have, I don't even think I'll necessarily connect that voice to a specific person, but I'll just kind of hear Mm. the lesson or the wisdom and it just like integrate it. And like, that's cool because that happens more and more now that I've just like, you know, had more teachers and stuff. But also I think I realize it when I react differently to something I react in a way that's just not the way I would have reacted two years ago. And I clock that, you know, and I'm like, Oh, that's, that's interesting. That's, that's growth. Exactly. That's growth. That's a lesson learned. And it's almost subconscious right?
0: because you don't clock it in until after it occurred. Exactly. And then that's when you start hearing the voices of the teachers or friends in the past. You're just like, that's where it came from. Yeah. And uh, I think that's a beautiful, because in like different instances, I've heard your guys' voices in my head after certain decision-making, like, because, um, you know, growing up being too nice. And so when I finally like uh, have an instance where I've stood my ground and it worked mm. constructively for mm-hmm. me, I think of Alejandro's uh, voice in my head. Mm. When I think of like something uh, performance wise and just like, you know, really like a confidence booster, what you've told me, like when I've told you, like, hey, I know I'm doing this, like, nine to five job, I wanna do this yeah. instead. And you're telling me just like, do the damn thing, you know, and like, do it. That's like your voice in my, yeah. in my head. And so mm. I think it's just a part of being human, right? Yeah,
2: I know, 100%.
0: These tools that we pick up along the way. And but I think it's part of just growing up, being aware that there are tools that we picked up along the way. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't Absolutely. know,
0: man. You do you don't want to get back into improv of any sort. You don't have the time to do so.
2: Maybe someday. No, I, I every time I start a new job or something, especially if I'm like, you know, going through that first rough period where I'm just like, Oh, I don't you know, I don't know. I can't find the character, I can't find my way into it. I'll I'll talk to like my acting coach. And I'm like, Maybe I should do i I'll do improv or something. And she's mm-hmm. always like, No. <laughs> don't, don't don't you know don't do something that could mess with your confidence you know even, even more <laughs> just, you know, it's probably not the right time but i think at some point i will because i do miss there's 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 a i don't know a release and just a freedom that comes with improv that that i that i miss for sure well, like
1: coming home to benicia it's coming home it's something that yeah, we've been doing home. so much when exactly. we were kids and it's we have so many fond memories of it and stuff. exactly I mean, we i mean i i always remember when we did the talent show when we were the three of us hosted the town show and you know, we would write stupid skits and for the in between stuff and shit and like but then it all just came back to be to, to being to our improv skills because Yeah. Who, uh, Half no, of
0: it was improvised. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. It was I, I would like I want us to do this and this and say this thing to end it. And yeah. then the rest of it had to be filled in and I mean and we were comfortable enough in that time to, to do it. Yeah. Um and, and 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 I mean how many people at that age are? Yeah. Whether they're inclined to this kind of performance or not. It's one thing to make it all up. It's another yeah. thing to write it down. What that did for work. me
0: though was like finding such like a beautiful uh performance outlet at that young of an age mm. was like tasting crack really mm-hmm. early, right? Because now all I wanted to do was chase it. And yeah. like every now and then, like I would get, get that high. When I was performing regularly with Dragon Viper Cobra, I would hit that high. Mm-hmm. When I was performing regularly with my a cappella group, I would hit that high. That reminded me of those old days in high school, um, which is a good and bad thing, right? But like it put I mean, it depends on how you use it. Like I, yeah. I'm trying to channel it like through this podcast to like yeah. try to chase it.
2: Um, well, you know what it is. You know, I think why it feels so good is because it's flow. It's that. Have you heard the concept of flow? Which it's yeah. like you know when you're when, when you're, you're rapping it can be really good. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, no, no. It's you know it's like it can it can happen when you're writing, It can happen when you're doing anything, but it's just like you're not thinking anymore, you're not, you're not like, you know, thinking, okay, now I'm going to do this. Should I do this? I'll do this. Or, you know, you're not, you're being calculated. You're just doing, yeah. you're just doing and living freely. And I feel like improv is one of the purest forms of that. Well, like yeah. we would just be in flow all the time. And like, to this day, when I'm, you know, doing a project or I'm, you know, in a play or something like that, when I hit those moments and it can be pretty rare, but like when mm. I hit those, oh, it's the best. Yeah. It's yeah, the course. best. And yeah. I and I recognize now that that is what I got to feel of the time doing improv in high school and so of course you want to chase that because that's like that's when you feel the most integrated the most yourself and the most in tune with yourself is when you're just in that flow state
0: you call it flow I call it being in the pocket love that because I say that all the time Mm -hmm. with Alejandro like getting in the pocket yeah and I call it jacking off
1: great <laughs> <That's so laughs> whatever good you, you gotta
2: call it you know
1: <laughs> It's different from when I you know do the act of jacking off but that's just what I call it it's a, just a the name there you go <laughs> you're in
0: the middle of an improv
1: scene it's going great and just isn't like great jacking off <laughs> <laughs> and the
0: yeah. girl that you're like doing the scene with is just like I need to talk to the I need to talk <laughs> to the instructor We you're doing
1: not... a death scene it's like Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I'm oh gonna run God. down and grab another drink does anybody you need water or anything uh, uh, can any grab me another one
0: of these yeah. please do
2: i i'm good okay you. Nothing from me. do you want another weighted blanket <laughs> yes but just, give me like seven of them actually i'm gonna go to the bathroom real quick okay do, you what know hap- what i'll happen. make sure the cameras just are good. stop
1: <laughs> no, 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 just keep i keep, just edit it keep out keep talking. i just okay. edit it out <laughs> <laughs> it just sits here in silence it's great yeah. <laughs> this is so fun and now it's one more fun this is
0: so fun cool okay hey listeners Christian here.
1: Here's to you, Austin. Cheers, buddy. Yeah. Cheers. We, we are back. All of your Where's success mine? and stuff, man. Watching you grow has been, it's been fun to see how far your career has taken you, man. And it's, you know, it's, uh, it's awesome to know how much. And we're happy to be Thank a you. part of the ride
0: because uh, it was so flattering when I remember it was like in San Rafael. I believe it was San mm-hmm. Rafael or Redwood City that you had a viewing of, uh, what was it called? Prep school. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I remember that. oh yeah! Thank you. And for that was like one that. of the first times where we saw you as an actual villain, because the first time we had a well, I see him as a villain. We did the <laughs> Bailey,
2: mostly when I played. <laughs> yeah, you're always I'm like, not, you're always a, bad a guy. villain, typecasted as the antagonist. The
1: worst villain was Alexander
2: Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> he was he had to All of those get into men had yeah. problems. But you we'll started
0: off but. with Gaston, who was like a cart, like literally a cartoonish villain, yeah. right? So I mean, it's fi- It's easy to kind of brushed that one off, but like you just kept on becoming the villain.
1: Well, and, and, and I, I want to say about your role as Gaston is, I remember when we were doing the senior musical, I had, that had been my fourth musical at the high school. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted Christian to be involved in it. And it was a pretty easy sell to get Christian to audition. But I remember <laughs> you being super, against it because at the time and i'll never forget you even said this like look man i've done musicals i'm tired of doing musicals like i just don't want to do the musical thing i was like come like just be an audition like we'll have fun and we'll hang out and then i feel like you almost took the audition like just to make me shut up (laughs) <laughs> and then you did it and like, and then it was great. And we had such an awesome time. it was great, so much fun. yeah, Like moment together with yeah. all of us. But I do, I, I will. And now all you do it, like you, not all you do, but you do, you've done a lot yeah. of musicals. You did like the biggest musical in the last 10 years for sure. Uh, and so I remember like telling people when they would be like, Hey, I heard Austin's doing Hamilton. and My response would be like, yeah. And he hated musicals before <laughs> I got him to do it.
2: <laughs> that's, that's funny. And I do remember that. The, the funny thing is though, I still I still don't consider myself a musical theater person. Like I do musical theater, but I don't know shit about it like you don't i don't
0: go and study it yeah, you don't know like, a bunch don't, of musicals I don't
2: know the classics i don't know like you know what i mean i'm not like for a sure. musical theater head yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. The, to the to degree that like most other people that i work with are and i've always felt kind of oh, weird ex- about that they got to be extremely into yeah exactly into it. like yeah. this has been their lifelong dream to like it's always been my lifelong dream to to act for sure but to like act. to act but right. yes but to specifically be in a musical on broadway, on broadway like in this theater where right. they did the yep. first run of exactly billy's bob exactly yeah. and they exactly yeah and they that's a wait we should write that musical billy's bob billy's bob <laughs> that's a cool that's a dope name Somehow, thank you thank but you. no yeah like I, I just don't know that history the way sure. they do you know what i mean so that's that's just been an interesting that's how thing. i
0: feel about acapella like a majority of my singing career in my later life is has been through acapella like mm. if when i actually was monetizing as a vocalist yeah. was through uh, a five-piece acapella yeah group and uh a lot of the times people that would be in the audience or like other acapella groups that we'd run into in like competitions or showcases they would always come up to me they'd be like hey like like so like were you guys influenced by like this acapella group and this did you hear the latest album of Mm. this and like I don't know like I like listening to like the music that I listen to and I I actually don't like acapella music. It's like it's a <laughs> – It's a tough sell. Period. There's a fine line between it being like uh, super cheesy and corny and like there's like this area – That pentatonics you know, like, was yeah. able to make it palatable, right? right. Um, but yeah, I connect with you on that. But it was still very much how you just want to – you want to act. Yeah, I yeah, want yeah. to sing. Right. Yeah. Right. I've always- I wanted
2: to act and sing and – I was like, oh, you can, no, I didn't ever want to, never was a good at dance. Actually, that's true. I did no, dance. No, you always that's true. But I wasn't a like, you know, five, six, Watch seven, eight dance. dancer. Yeah, I was yeah. more of a like, you know, I do freestyle it. dancer or whatever. But like, I I liked singing and I liked acting, but for some reason, the combination musical theater just never really like clicked for well, me until pa- until then, really. If like, your
1: parents aren't into it, right? Like, sure.
2: Like, my, my dad growing
1: up weirdly loves musical theater. Mm. Like, his favorite movie slash musical is probably fiddler on the roof mm. and so it's like and so growing up we watched a lot of <laughs> stuff and and it wasn't until recently my dad pointed out he's like you know me and your mom took you made a choice early on to take you and you do your brother to a live theater show once a year and it was always around yeah. christmas time and it was either a musical or a play but we've seen ballets and we've seen you know like we've seen a bunch of different things uh and i never realized like how influential that was you know for me and how much that stuck yeah because you're right like i i i know a lot about these musical theaters Um, things and stuff where it's like surprising for other people. Yeah. Like one of my favorite stories that I always tell is my buddy Chris who is that level 10 Broadway head was talking to another level 10 Broadway mm-hmm, head. Mm-hmm. And it was right after Steven Sondheim had passed away. Mm-hmm. And I'm a guy's guy. I'm a pretty, like I, I really come off pretty gruff. And their thing was like, Pff, Alex doesn't even know who we're talking about. And mm-hmm. I was like, I know Steven Sondheim. Mm-hmm. My favorite musical that he does is fucking assassins. And they're just guys. like, you know, assassins like that's a pretty deep yeah. cut. And I'm just <laughs> like, I know shit guys. Like yeah. I know, I, I know Patti Lapone. Like I know them all. Like I, I'm, the, I'm, I may, I may not seem like the kind of guy who listens to all yeah. this shit, but like, fuck, like I can, I can talk to anybody about anything. Yeah right and I do, and that's just kind of where where I like that to have that surprise. Yeah. People are like oh like you you know that like you you know musical theater and like yeah I do. Yeah. I and do, I, you in a fucking you're couple surprised, shows. aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I've done that.
0: Like
1: like you do, like a triple pirouette in front of them and you're like <laughs> boom. Well you've seen me do a single pirouette and flatten my face. Yes, I've seen that. So we don't Very know you're going impressive. I believe uh, that.
2: No, I remember there was when when Sondheim died. Like obviously I know who Sondheim is Of course, I have yes, so much respect yes. for him but like they brought together a bunch of Broadway folks to sing um, "Sunday" yep. in you know in Times Square, and so I was there, and like it was you know right here was Josh Groban, right here was Sarah Bareilles, and Lin Manuel Miranda was you know there sobbing, and it was this you know, and, and I'm like reading off reading of the, w- and the, the lyric it. sheet, they just have it, and I felt almost disrespectful to a degree because sure, i was like sure. i i you know venerate and like i know steven sondheim but like how do i not know this song yes. everyone here knows this song yes. and that was just like that was just one of those moments where i did feel like an outsider i felt like for i'm sure. like an imposter i'm like i do wow. this for a living but i don't i'm not i don't know it i'm like not on them, this level no. yeah exactly uh when david bowie died i remember me and
1: my cousin having this conversation of being like i think we just missed out on like one of the single greatest artists in history mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, and after that was when I was like, really got into, it wasn't until a couple years later what I got like really deep into David Bowie. But I just remember having that conversation of being like, looking at how it affected other people. That's yeah. what it was, was seeing how it affected so many other people being like, oh, wow, we really didn't, Prince too, actually. Mm-hmm. It's like, we really didn't, uh, for me, didn't really give them, give him the credit that he deserved. Like, of course I know Prince is a savant and everything, but mm-hmm. like same thing with, you know, Steven Sondheim or, or any of these people, uh, you know, you kind of forget how good they are because by the time we've come around they were already great right you know like they've already been established greats and then you know so of course they're they're their of their people's heroes and stuff and it's just really we're i think we're in a really interesting time because of the internet and because of our knowledge and because of particularly the three of us Mm. our quest to want to be able to have a conversation with other people about things we're learning about these fans and these heroes that they had and we can see how connected they are. And like, it's just for me, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, you're very into this thing. You're really into it. And like that, that's impressive to me, you Yeah, know? to be around it and be in the moment and clock it. Right. How many times are we in the moment of things, basketball games that we see that these right, guys remember, right, right, right. Or right. stuff that we like, you know, I remember you know, Tom Brady's first game when drew Bledsoe got hurt, but I don't, I only remember it cause I've seen it so many times like afterwards, sure. but I watched that game. I watched it happen. You know, but my right. memory of it is like being told of it over and over again and, and mm-hmm. like having that connection. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I think I'm, I've been drinking more than either of you guys have. No, that's good. Though, so I'm, on the, I'm on the train now. with you. Oh, you're not rambling at all, dude. you could. Oh, thank God.
2: <laughs> you cut that part out then. <laughs> oh, I have a question. This is What's kind up? of a personal cut. Someone, someone told me, actually two people told me, this was like a couple of years ago, a few years ago now, but someone from high school, I was like sitting down and like having dinner with them and they were like, yeah, you were kind of a jerk in high school.
3: Whoa.
2: Was I a jerk in high school? Like it, no. it, that, the, the phrase Austin Scott was a jerk in high school. I'm curious what your response is to that. Cause I, I know, I mean, I know to a degree I was, cause like, you know, I was a 15, 16 year old, whatever, but like, that was an interesting cause it was, it was a, it was a friend and then it also was a, uh, you like a yard twice. duty. It was like yard a yard duty, duty mentioned it.
0: That's an interesting yeah.
2: one. And, and they were like, you know, yeah, you know, you're great, but yeah, you were kind of a jerk. And I was like, Oh no. That's well, awesome.
1: <laughs> two things immediately. Um, is if somebody said that to me about you, my response would be like, well, then you probably didn't know Austin didn't very know well. Austin. For sure. Hmm. That's the number one thing. And then the other thing is my old phrase is everyone loves a jerk. No one loves an asshole.
3: Hmm.
0: What I have to say to that is that I think you were very confident. You were doing a lot of things and that could often be misconstrued as being a jerk depending mm. on who's perceiving it because high school is, is a time where everyone's insecure. So um, I mean, instead I definitely of, was
2: insecure too. It may have looked like confidence, but it definitely, exactly. definitely wasn't. Well, you're a performer. Yeah. Of course, yeah. we're all
0: insecure to a certain amount of time or yeah. to a certain degree, um, because uh, that's why we want to like do improv and be a different person, or yeah. like that's why we want to <laughs> get validated through. I was uh, going to make
1: a joke, but you're right. That's
0: yeah. <laughs> that's really what it is, dude. Damn it! Um, but. That's why comedy comes in because it's like a, a, a defense mechanism because like that's Word. how we deflect, right? right? Right. So we're all fucking insecure. Yeah. So I'm sorry <laughs> if we were ever jerks or if like maybe you were sarcastic, maybe you. Yeah. Just oh, walked.
2: I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure I was. It's just like my memory is so terrible that like I'm like hear that and I'm like, oh shoot, there may I th- probably was. And I to anybody that I was a jerk to, I apologize. The 16 year old Austin was probably a jerk. Do to you some think people. you were but, a like? Jerk. I think I probably was too. I don't think I was a jerk black and white, but I think I probably was a jerk at times. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I did I did jerky things more than I chose well, to popular remember.
1: Dance. Huh? Very popular dance by our senior oh, year. Jer- <laughs> You're um, really
2: putting our age out there. Yeah. Uh, wait, our what? You remember the jerk? Oh, the jerk. Oh, jer- oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Look, here's how I know you weren't because we all got sent to the challenge day thing. Uh-huh. Remember challenge day uh-huh. senior year? I do. And you two were on the other side of the room than I was because I was on the side of the room of people who had been reported to be bullies.
2: Mm.
1: Cheers, really and you guys were on the side of the room of people who were like good influences and people to look up to and strive to be. Uh, but I, I will never forget looking across the room and being like, why is Austin and Christian over there and I'm over here <laughs> just yeah. having a great time playing pat cake well, yeah, and then looking around and being like, I'm not a bunch of assholes. I'm not be like dude, none of these guys are my friends. All you, my friends are over there. Did you walk up to a teacher
0: with a clipboard and be like, there
1: must've been a, there must have been a mix well, no, up. <laughs> because they explained it right there. They're like, everybody who got a red letter had been reported to be a bully. Everyone who got a blue letter was either someone who had been bullied or somebody we want them to look up to. And I was like, mm. Oh fuck. Mm. Well, do you How think did... you were a bully? I know I was mean to a couple of kids in particular. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. but fucking one of them had it
2: coming. He was addicted
1: to me first. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well that happens sometimes. And you know what? No one ever believed me, but it was true. He he threw the first jab. How did it make you feel to be separated like that? Because I, I I don't I barely remember that, but I it just like makes me wonder, was that good to like separate people into like good and bad or no. like you know good influences bad influence like at that age it seems it's eye opening right mm. but
1: wasn't that the theme of like challenge day to like make the bullies cry because th- there guess. was a tv show on mtv about it too and it was just all of that of like mm. um you don't understand how this makes me feel and then the bully cries and it's like it's because my dad does the same thing to me uh-huh. and it's like see we're all fucked up but the truth of the matter was did i feel different i think it was a fir- no i think it was the first time i realized uh that what I think is funny and what makes my friends laugh could be harmful to mm. other people. And there's only one kid in particular who I like know it was harmful to. Uh, and that's not the guy who threw the first mm. jab. That guy fucking deserves it.
0: Mm. Well, do you think so? It worked for you constructively, would you say? To be kind well, of... Well, because
1: I'm not a bully. I'm not a bad person inherently. Whoever yeah. said... Whoever signed that up and said that I was a bully to them um, should have. And, and of course, there was no way for them. Should have come and talked to me about it and said something to me or... 'Cause if I would have known that I was hurting somebody's feelings or making mm-hmm. them feel ostracized or make them feel like I was bullying them, uh I wouldn't I wouldn't have especially not at that time. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I was really confident in who I was and I wasn't mm-hmm. afraid to be but I also knew how to make people laugh. Yeah. Wasn't afraid to make the joke. You know what was tough about yeah. that
0: whole challenge day and like being divided and being categorized? Mm-hmm. I think that's what was wrong right. is that we were being categorized because they said people here are the nice people, quote unquote, and people here are the are bullies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The fact that they're using that word bully is so like uh it's so
1: defining to your entire person. Right. We're, ten years removed from it, I still, I cannot forget it. Right. I mean, you guys yeah. have kind of like it's a memory, but like I know, I remember. Yeah, yeah. I remember the letter. I remember when they separated us. I remember looking around and like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if it's
0: still like triggering you, like from from looking from the other side and seeing knowing who you actually are, I don't think. And you know, this might be cliche, but like there are just moments where yeah. You were mean to someone, but you can't let these moments define you oh, yeah. as a yeah. full character. And
1: maybe a con is it's actually made me feel empathy for bullies.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm.
1: Makes me think that maybe there's something that we're missing or that we don't know. Um, and, you know, we need to give that moment to be understanding and, and, and rectify it. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, uh I don't know. Do you mm, think
0: that I, I think it's just more. the word I don't I know, know. The I word bully bully
1: though. And I've accepted it. I mean, I was mean to you. I was mean to a lot of my friends growing up. I was but out but and I know I was, and I can look at it back now and, and classify it as insecurity as a boy mm. becoming a man, looking for some sort of direction, and my direction was gangster films.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? I recently had this epiphany of like, you know like Boys love gangster films. They love Scarface and Goodfellas and Godfather. It's because when you're a teenager growing up, that's who you want to grow up to be. Right. But then you get to our age when suddenly you realize, like, all these gangsters died at 23 and 24, and that's a fucking child. Mm. And it's like, now I'm aged out of it, and it's like, yeah, of course fucking Henry Hill ratted on the mob to save his family and his life. That's what you do when you're an adult. Only a child believes this fucking Till the thing that the Italians have, mm. because every Italian fucking turned on the mafia anyways. Mm. You know? So it's like... We grow and mature, right? Right. And I don't blame anybody for the decisions that they make, especially as children. Um, because you have to quantify it. You gotta take a step back and like mm-hmm. look at it. But their actions and motives can still be they can still be a dick. Still mm-hmm. very harmful. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to negate that it's harmful. Right, right, right. Um I, I mean we've been doing a lot well of self reflecting. Well
0: now that it's like the end Thank of you. the year, yeah. I think it's that time of year where we self reflect. So in our last episode, uh, our christmas episode we had like a lot of talk about who we are like are you have you been doing a lot of self reflecting with this past year has the year 2022
2: been good to you would you say has it been good to me yeah. oh for sure i'm i'm super super grateful for this year um what? i think i'm always just i'm always pretty self reflective though i think i lean towards that quite a bit i don't know why i think it's just kind of part of the way i'm wired but um
1: uh, i can tell you why it's cuz you're an only child you've never had anybody else to kind of like reflect for you that's a very big part of it i've had my brother for my whole life kind of being like look this is what you're doing yeah right for good or bad yeah you too for Mm -hmm. a point to a point maybe more so and but i mean um so it was on you yeah right totally It's on you to make it work it's on you to have fun and be you know entertained it's on you yeah yeah and, and, that, to, and that's to, why and you're so to, successful too. yeah
2: to, well i don't know i don't know about that but thank you but like yeah just to kind of figure figure things out i i, I i've gotten a lot better about asking people for insight and help which is part of why I, you know i asked that question because mm-hmm. it was it was a curiosity for me um but yeah a lot of times i kind of just like will go inward and just kind of figure like question let a question just kind of sit there for a little bit until somehow i come up with the answer or i just at least you know get enough clarity on it that i can let it go but mm-hmm. yeah
0: and do you usually find that answer by just thinking about it or do you usually are you the type to seek uh help through conversation like i mean
2: with people i trust you know yeah. or that people that like i feel like have a good perspective or insight you know mm-hmm. on it or something like that um but you're not yeah.
1: seeking out, like, a rabbi or a priest for advice or
2: anything. No, not necessarily. I'm mean no, i a big proponent of therapy for sure. sure. I love, love therapy. Because, like, my but, mom's
1: answer to any time you have a problem is, like, you should probably go talk to a priest. And it's like, uh, I, I actually don't want to talk. Like, that's maybe
2: the last person I want to talk to. Yeah. But that's a lot of people's, like. To each their own. Yeah. yeah. It's like whatever, whatever brings you that clarity or that peace, you know what I mean? Because I think whether it's a priest or it's a therapist or it's a friend. Yeah. You're doing the work yourself. Yeah. You know, that that person is just kind of there to help facilitate that. And it's so up it's to whatever you to make works.
0: the action, to make the change. Right. People can give you as much mm-hmm. advice or, uh, you know, uh, insight through their uh, influence, uh, through their own experiences and whatnot. But it's up to you to like, do you want to be a better person the next day? Yeah.
1: Well, how many times have we gone through something and somebody's explained to us like, don't do that. It's going to happen like this, this and this. And then it happens exactly like it. And you just kind of have to be like. All right, I guess, you know. Has this
0: happened to you guys lately? Like, now that I'm approaching, like, we're approaching our 30s, it's the, the, I, I think way more than often, like, fuck, my mom, like, was right. She told mm. me, like, you do you do have to do this and that. And especially now that, like, I, I have my own home. Mm. Like, there are so many things. Like, how we were talking about, like, the, the voices of our past teachers mm-hmm, in our mm-hmm. head, they occur to us almost subconsciously after we do it. So, like, now yeah. when I'm taking out the trash on time or, like, washing the dishes and, like, just being a mature, uh, responsible human. I keep hearing my mom's voice in my head. Does that happen to you guys?
2: Yeah. I think, though, Oof. I also start to get n- nervous about – I will then someday be the voice for my child. You exactly. know if I if I'm if I'm lucky enough to have have a child You're children like I'll find you a child. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> get you a child um, today. But like but you know I'm yeah it's that realization that like whoa they were right. My, they were right and they got there by living and some of it also by their their parents telling them or whatever but like I have now lived and have learned all of these things. And like, I am going to be that voice and pass down things. And my child is going to be like, yeah, whatever dad, you know what I mean? Like, what do you know? And it's just, it's just wild to live out the cycle. You know what I mean? And to, to just realize, oh my gosh, like I'm getting to that point where my parents were at when they did this thing that made me, roll My eyes, or you know, oh, for sure, you know, whatever. But like, that's, that's where wild. our parents were too. With exactly when you have
0: a kid, would you do you think you'd be more comfortable with like a son or a daughter, like
1: in terms of like what you know about yourself? <laughs> uh, I'd like them to have both. You'd like, uh, I want that way I can decide today, you're my daughter, tomorrow, you're my son.
2: Well, well I mean, the, <laughs> that's, very progressive. The, the, that's very progressive. The reality is they're gonna decide, they really and, will, like yeah. I, that's gonna be you know up to them. So I don't like, I used to think. In, in just like my more binary thought, I would be like, oh man, I'm going to struggle with a daughter. I would love a daughter fiercely, but that's why I might struggle because, you know, I know how what jerks boys can be, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So like I got nervous about that, but now I'm more in a place of just like, one, I don't know if my child's going to be a boy or a girl or how they're going to identify, but also just like, no matter what, I'm going to want to protect them, course, you know what I mean? Yep. And like, that's, I think... That's a challenge that I look forward to, and sometimes I'm like, man, I don't, I don't ever want to be overbearing, but I want to protect them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I also want to let them live their lives to a degree and be, you know, free and figure things out. And so that's just, I think, a a, a tightrope balancing walk that every parent for sure has to do.
1: How many friends do you have, like in your close circle, that have children?
2: More and more. Um, but they're all pretty small the children the, yes, children. the
3: children. <laughs> are the adults short all of, the, all all are of them
1: six plus or none wait what do you mean are they pretty small well like are they young are they like oh babies? the children
2: oh uh some of them aren't like some of them are getting, getting you know some of them are there. like and, yeah, like, and christian plus. for
1: you your your group of friends how many of them have, have they're all children?
2: small children i mean Cause like
1: because uh, for me like i've been around children my whole life like there's always been a cousin or somebody who just had a kid or a friend's you know daughter who just had a kid um so I've seen quite a few children kind of like grow up and and change and now a lot of the kids when i was when I was an actual kid who were like just being born are getting up until you know eighteen nineteen mm-hmm. they're finishing high school and shit or, or just getting into high school and it's really uh an interesting thing because. The adult, the parents are changing and the kids are changing. And, you know, I talk to the parents and see what kind of problems they're having and and the difficulties that they're having with kids right now. And for me uh, and Karen, uh, we're both just like, it is just a fucking rough time to be Mm -hmm. raising a child right now. And for us, that's kind of like one of many reasons why we don't want to have children right now. Uh, Because it's like, it's just so fucking difficult right now to be a kid. Right. And it's just so confusing. And it's just... I, I. for me, and you guys know, my answer to a lot of things that are tough, difficult, or confusing is just like, ah, I'll just wait until it's over then. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Let me see how this shakes out, and then I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, I, I mean, that's my big thing of like, I don't want a kid right now it's just a, it's you. too difficult and you don't have to have a kid 100 percent.
2: Right yeah, <laughs> really because this guy ever. keeps asking me to have his kid and i'm just like please stop knocking on my door sir it's 4 a.m we'll, okay. we'll work through that but but it's <laughs> no, a different problem but it's true yeah i mean the, the whole concept that like having a child is is the meaning of life and you're worthless if you don't like that's bullshit yeah, no, that's complete bullshit yeah. so it's like yeah whatever whatever feels right to you when if ever is fine you know
0: i think and, it's just insane that uh, we're having this conversation right now because, like, mm.
2: while you were talking
0: about that, I had like a flashback right. of of like us just being seventeen year old boys, like on our way Drinking to San Francisco, right? Like, like taking Bart to San Francisco, leaving me behind. <laughs> me <sending you> there. <laughs> that was awful. How did that happen? One that time, stuff, right? Yeah. One, yeah, that man. wouldn't happen now. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> no, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we didn't do it but, on oh, purpose. I do want to tell that story real quick. Do so, it. like, we uh, our you, high school improv team. Be, you
1: tell me, people. Okay, uh, our high school
0: improv team, uh, our senior year, planned a trip to go to San Francisco by Bart. Right, and it was all of us there. And uh, I think I'm just once again too nice. So like, we were already running late for the for the for the train. And as we were going up the stairs, there's so many people coming down that I kept on letting them pass mm-hmm. me. And you guys had got gone way far ahead of me. And when I finally got up there, I saw all of you guys on on Bart and. The door closes right in between mm. us and i see i remember your face vividly saying oh no christian <laughs> and as as uh as the train passes I see a poster of you for a John Muir ad, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> smiling, talking to a doctor as like, I'm leaving you. As, as you going, left me, going, I saw. So I remember your face in like big despair, and then I just see your face on an ad, and I'm like, "Oh my god! All right, well, I guess I lost them forever." <laughs> That's awful. That was a fast pee. Good job.
1: And if I remember correctly, that story about leaving you behind—we left you behind because we thought <clears throat> we were on the wrong train. No Right, so we jumped to the other platform, but that was the wrong train. So when we picked you up we had still had to go to the other Something platform. Something had happened, was... I was just too slow, for sure. <laughs> I think it literally was like I think we're supposed to be on that train over there. Yeah, I think you're right. Right. And we like ran right. around. And then um, that still ended up being the wrong yeah, train. Yeah.
0: You're right, you're right. And right? I just
1: could not keep up because of my physique at the time. And it was No, just... I don't think actually, I don't think it had to do with your physique. I think we pushed people out of the way. Yeah. And your kindness yeah.
2: stopped you from doing some, mm-hmm. from doing that. Which I do want to just touch on real quick because you've said what? it a couple of times, too nice. Like I think that's bullshit. I think it's there's there's some like there's some like it's only toxic bullshit. masculinity shit tied up in that as well. It's only bullshit if you can't hold your boundaries mm-hmm. and you know what I mean? Yeah. Like be strong, which but I, I know t- you can do now. I yes. can do yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah.
0: But at the time I'm not so sure I was
2: able to. That's and that's very probably true. I didn't either. Like it's, you know, so I'm I speaking from a sure place of, yeah, like being evolution for me, but just like the, the, the concept of being too nice, I think I, is, you know, I think it's more, it's less about being too nice and more about, just holding your boundaries and being able to set boundaries and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's tough. You,
1: you've said it a lot better than I would have. Cause my answer to Christian of why, like I don't, why I don't think it should be as too nice is mm-hmm. because people take advantage of it. And I've right. seen it happen. Right. I've seen it happen unbeknownst to you. Mm-hmm. I've seen it where you're aware of it. And then I've seen where you're aware of it. And you're just like, yeah, well, you know what? I'd rather it be that way than the other way. And it's just like, I wouldn't. Yeah. Like I, he's being a dick. Yeah. But if, uh, but if that like, but I mean, but right. it's not a, the being too nice isn't the problem.
0: I learned right. through my own vulnerability though, rather mm. than being too sheltered. I'd uh-huh. rather like get a little bit hurt and learn from it and become mm-hmm. stronger from that mm-hmm. rather than like push everyone away and not ever knowing because yeah. I was too too hardened for it. So yeah. and that was Continue. that's a tough way of learning like through through women and through friends and through like through my early years of college before really meeting Melissa like mm-hmm. I was going through this too nice phase. Sure. Um, but now like I, I kinda now know you're my boundaries. <laughs> now I'm just an asshole, dude. I just like flip everyone off on the road and right, like kind right. no, I mean, not. you're, you're as of- nice as you
2: ever were. You know what I mean? You're mm-hmm. just you're just more you know, in, in tune with setting your boundaries and stuff yeah. now, which is this is a beautiful thing.
0: And speaking of that, it's nice to see you grow in this like like growing up with you, you know? Because hmm. like even after high school and you moved to LA, like I was talking about, like we watched your uh the screen of prep school. Uh-huh. And then after that, I remember you vividly coming over with me, and uh, like you and Alhanger came over, and we watched. Uh, let that let me oh, in. What is it called? They found hell. Oh, they, they found, found hell.
2: hell. And then we were she you were like, this is, the scene, this is some, the scene where I die. This is the scene where I die. Some kind of drug. Or well, alcohol. because
1: you filmed you filmed it. Uh, yes, uh, that was me for sure, one hundred percent. But you filmed it in what, like Czechoslovakia,
2: Sofia, Bulgaria, Bulga- Bul- yes. Yes. Bulgaria, Bulgaria.
0: I remember you specifically saying that someone in the cast had such a. Thick accent that there had to be like a uh, dubbing for it, right? Yes. Which, got is like, which is something I'd never heard. You
2: had most of your scenes with. Yeah. Uh, I had a lot of scenes with them. I think it wasn't, even, it wasn't even like, you know, English was their second language. They had such a strong, I think, British accent. Wow. And like they were trying to, you know, do something else with it. I think level I level it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they ended up just dubbing over. That was just wild because that was like a made for TV sci fi movie. Like that was so interesting because. It it, You know, they paid us pennies. We were doing things that were extremely unsafe and unhealthy. (laughs) And like, you know, it just was not like a well, it was like a non-union movie. You know what I mean? But it was so cool getting to experience that. You know, I was like, I don't know what it was, 1920 or whatever like that, shooting in another country and, you know, feeling like I was so cool. Now I look back and I'm like, wow, that was... Not safe. <laughs> they did not take care of us. Yeah, like we, the the fog machines that they would use were like just a man would smoking. burn this like tar, <laughs> basically, like it like burned this tar or whatever. So at the end of the day, you'd have to like pick out like black Woo! sludge from your nose. It was wild. No, yeah, it that's was wild. Not good. But I had so much fun. It's a don't watch the when movie first but it's came So back, much fun
1: when you first came back. The big thing you told me was like, and we all drank Jack and Coke,
2: and we all drank Jack. Yes, Do exactly. You that? Yes, Could but I it was remember? called like Caro yeah because <laughs> okay, like all came to
1: one thing. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I remember you telling me all that. I'm like, that's a weird thing for you to like <laughs> come back. Because I honestly, that might have been the first thing you said to me It was like, and then when we all drink Jack and Cokes, and I was like, that's a weird choice. Yeah, you had <laughs> exactly. crazy
0: stories from that, and it was so cool because we were just doing DVC at the time and like hearing our friend it like worked. go overseas to like film, and then I remember. Before that, you did Rent. I remember. Are we in... going through my whole <laughs> my whole career? Right well, now. I mean, because like
1: <laughs> these are big. Start with the beginning. You did a <laughs> <Chia laughs>
0: pet commercial. I know that they seem like big events in your life, which they are. But hold up, the <laughs> <laughs> night that we watched him in Rent was the
1: night I lost my virginity. Was <laughs> it? Yeah, I dude. never
2: knew that. Well, I didn't.
1: I didn't see him in Rent. I saw him when he did In the Heights. Uh, oh. Remember when you did that? Uh, that was later yes, on. Yes, yes, yes. That, that was a little bit later, yeah. That was later on. Did you lose your virginity that night? <laughs> no, I didn't. <had, laughs> the girl I brought to that, I'd been banging for a while, yeah.
2: Oh, my God. Uh, so thank you yeah it was you're crazy. welcome so, thank you you're welcome <laughs> a I never knew of us. I such an intimate connection with your the night you lost your virginity yeah, great. it wasn't
0: a great night
2: but <laughs> <laughs> I cried she cried we both oh, cried God. I had to try again later okay. but it's fine <laughs> well that's,
0: that's hey, but awesome. we all did the first time well, yeah we yeah. had the official first night the night after so <laughs> um, dude no I, I just feel honored that like every time like you have something new like you do reach out to us and you keep us in the loop and mm-hmm. like I, I remember when you got um, the role of Hamilton when it was still just a touring the, mm-hmm. the touring cast, and I thought that that was dope. And you were like, "Hey, man, keep it on the download. Well,
2: like, <laughs> keep
1: it on down the down low.
2: <laughs> Yeah, you were like, "Hey, dude."
0: As I'm searching
1: That's up as billboards I... in Benicia,
2: <laughs> what? <laughs> no, but of course, y'all are like some of my best friends. Of course, I, I that y'all's y'all's support like means the world to me, and yeah. I really appreciate it. Yeah, always, dude, of have.
0: course, because um. I don't know. Like, uh, I, I, still, I still have dreams of doing something beyond biotech. Right now, it's kind of like the uh, what the state. I know. I just love making medicine. I Which in is middle great. School,
2: you're I was being... gonna say, like, you're acting like that's not an awesome job, though. That's a dope job.
0: I mean, when you talk about not, it, it's, it's not dope. dope. Yeah,
1: you're right, and it is a great job. Don't cut yourself short. But the reason why he feels that way is because we, we, we are in a point in our lives where we know we should be doing and could potentially be doing. Mm. So much more, so much better, mm. and so we look at like the things we have to do. Yeah, um, as I mean, as kind of not a slight, but as you know, there's things uh, there's things we wish we could be doing instead. But you. we got to do these things, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, no regrets at <laughs> all. I just, it's just uh, the name of the game. I got, I got engaged. I, I bought a house. I got a mortgage, yeah. and like now I got to work this uh, right. this fucking job. Right, and uh, it's it's. It's good, but like there, and I know that I'll still have uh, the time and opportunities to do it on the side. Right. I mean, at least I have this as like a, an outlet for my creative side right? and I have friends that want to be a part of it and I could immortalize these moments, but shit, man, like what I would give to, to like, uh, to try it out,
1: you know? Yeah, I feel it. But wouldn't everybody though, aren't you like kind of cutting yourself short for something that everybody would want? Who wouldn't want, you know, that opportunity or that experience or that moment? to be right. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think if you're using that as a as a like a hit on the back of your wrist because you feel bad for thinking that stuff, it's like, no, that's natural. Everyone wants that. The difference is we have the talent and the power to do it, Mm -hmm. right? And we know we do. I, I just gotta do the damn sh- thing exactly yeah. it's yeah. really about that's doing where the, the damn punishment thing. comes from is when we don't do it and we're just like why the fuck aren't we doing it mm.
0: because it's that easy like you never know like i've uh what are
1: what are we auditioning for the last thing why i auditioned
0: not? for was that jay leno thing and that's that, that was that was that an right? audition
1: or was that like i want to be on the
0: application yeah
1: because my cousin no. was just on let's make a deal really yeah jeff was just on let's make a deal and uh what was the process for that the same thing you did, like it, because those kind of shows, right? They need people. They yeah. need a. They need two hundred people every day.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: What would you do? What do you want to audition for? Jeopardy. I fucking kill it at Jeopardy. I don't have a college degree.
0: You need a college degree to, to be
1: a, cont- a contestant, except for Celebrity Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. You need to have a college degree.
0: Are you, as an actor, are you allowed to do, like, are you, like, let's say...
2: <laughs> I was just I was like, you want to do, like, a scripted show? <laughs> like, you know, like, what would you do? Jeopardy, what did you do? Deal no deal? We man. love acting. <laughs> <laughs> we love acting. I, I, I'm like, bullet, I like bullet or no bullet.
3: <laughs> you just shoot and hope there's...
0: <laughs> oh, dude. You're right. No, I want to audition for, like, a show that I I would like to do, like, like at least commercial Y'all work. are talented as hell. Like, aim a little hard, <laughs> baby. Come on, now. <laughs> well, I mean, I keep telling myself there are... I don't want to talk about it. I'm shy. Come on. I don't
1: want to talk about it. I'm shy. There there are projects that Christian and I have always (laughs) dreamed of and touched and started, but never really gone through. And I think one of the reasons why is because we are worried that it won't live up to the standard that we want it to be. Right. But Hmm. I think we should just, we got to just do it and start. Right. Because that's how you start. Just like this podcast, just like anything else we've actually gone through with. Uh, But. We like compare it to the scope of what like you're doing, and like ah, uh, you know,
2: we it probably we, won't work. live up to your standard. Like you know, you could you won't. could do yeah. what I'm doing and be like, oh,
1: this yeah. is it. Someone not fun a million till, dollars tomorrow to do this podcast, yeah. we'd spend it all and still be like, uh, we we should have done more, right? That's mm. just the right. That's just nature. human. Yeah. Can it's I ask
0: you like, what is your least favorite part
2: of? Of your job? Sex scenes. My least favorite part. I don't usually <laughs> love sex scenes because it's very rare that they're, that they're handled well. My least favorite part of the job? Um,.
1: I need credit for not filling that space with a bad joke.
2: Oh, you do get credit for that. <laughs> I need credit head. for well, that. Well done. Actually,
0: I retracted <laughs> the fact that you're asking for validation <laughs> because of something you should do as a polite gesture <laughs> when we're asking our dear friend a fucking question about the thing he loves most in the world. He's I'm my, not positively reinforcing my that. elk friend. You should know elk. this.
1: I'm you're friend. not my dear friend. You're my elk
2: uh, friend. Nicely done. I did thank not you, put that you. together when I see it. Um, I think probably my least favorite part is the lack of control. The you know the sitting there waiting for the phone to ring and like you know like waiting for a job to come in sure. and like you know you can change that by going out. See, it's funny the hearing y'all talk about that. That's the way I feel about like writing or like producing or you know do like doing something that allows me that like actually lets me take back some of that control and that that power over my life. Um, but I just don't do it you know i just like, like well cuz it. it's another thing to add sure to sure do. sure that's true but but i think that and then another thing that i didn't like for a long time was the like you know the the fear and everything that came f- when i was starting a new project but like now i'm coming to learn that i'm coming to see that as just part of the process and being like oh if i'm feeling this that means that i'm like on the right track that sure. i'm like you know i care about this thing and like i'm going to find my way into it eventually but I may, it might take a minute so i guess that's you know no that makes sense that's the things but it's just like all the feelings that y'all are talking about i still have like these are these are you know feelings that don't really go away you know what i mean it's like painted a different yeah, color. You're, yeah you're never doing enough or you're never you know you know what's your whatever. proudest moment as an actor my proudest moment yeah. um oh that's man great, great
1: that question. is a great question well let me answer for austin it's when i came to go see him that was pretty
2: great in Girl from the North <laughs> Country. Yeah, that was a very, very He didn't very care problem. that Colin Farrell went to see him. Did not
0: care that uh, Draco Malfoy came nope, to see him. Nope, nope. Like, oh, knew him in the first grade.
2: <laughs> That's true. Um, no, I think probably it was the first time I stepped on stage as Alexander Hamilton and did wow. the Alexander Hamilton thing because that was like, I don't know that I ever believed really in my heart that I could be someone who could not only lead a Broadway show, but like lead that, right? you know what I mean? Yeah, like lead something that big, the Broadway show. Yeah, I mean, exactly. They it to you, I
1: mean, Hamilton was the biggest musical for
2: like five years straight. Yeah, and it, yeah. And
1: I think it might still be.
2: Yeah, like, like uh, I mean, it's incredible. Well, and that also, like, that came after a, like two or three year saga of auditioning. Like, I auditioned sure. for the first time. When I was in Sofia, Bulgaria, Bulgaria shooting that movie. Oh, wow. And that was the first time I had auditioned and then like didn't get it then. And that was that was before it had even gone to Broadway. It was still off Broadway at that point. And then I auditioned like, you know, a few months, Mm -hmm. like six months later when I moved to New York. And had like six rounds of callbacks and ended up not getting anything. They were like, oh, we like you, but you're too young, you're too old, you're too whatever for all these things. And then it wasn't until like another six months later that I started going in for Hamilton for the first time, Alexander Hamilton, and had another like three or four rounds of callbacks and then got it. So like it was the end of this saga where, you know, I was like kept I mean, putting my heart into the into this room and really, really, really wanted it and, you know, just not getting it.
1: I'm sure at times you must have like given up, right? And then come back to it and then <laughs> yeah. right, you build up all this hope and then it becomes a longer process than it is, so.
2: Yeah, I mean, given up, but also like they wouldn't see me anymore, right? Like that's that's another one of those things where it's like, it's not even just a matter of giving up. It's like, you know, I had my shot and I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, th- they're not going to keep calling me in until they want to. Sure. And so I've got to wait. Yep. You know, I've got to sit here sit here and wait for that. Um acting right, was it what did they yeah. say?
1: Acting is hurry up and wait.
2: Yeah, exactly. In for, every for sense, sure. Hurry yeah. hurry up and wait. Yeah. 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 So for a lot of reasons, that moment I think was a really big turning point for me and something that I was very, very proud of.
0: As a as a journey, like your your actor's journey, like what do you what do you think it's done to your ego overall? Like Austin for Austin initially going to LA to pursue mm. his dreams and Austin now. Like, where do you think, like, can you, can you like describe the steps in
2: which your ego has gone through? So I think moving to LA was a big learning process for me because I spent like two and a half years there and didn't really have any, you know, major success. I did the TV movie and I had, you know, some other commercial things and stuff like that. But really it was all about me learning how to step into a room and own my power and speak up for myself and hold my boundaries Mm -hmm. and, you know, um, do all of that that that's really where i learned that was was la because i had a lot of people saying they knew what the right thing was and talking in my ear and all of this competition from other actors you know and going into things and being like how many followers do you have and i don't have that many you know like just all these learning the industry and learning how to like hold on to myself while navigating the industry, I think I learned mostly in LA.
1: And you have to recognize how iconic or unique that is, right? Cuz how many times do we hear about superstars and stuff like that who who give up stuff and don't do the things that they want to do or take yeah. the the choices that they want. I mean, for me, uh, one of the one of my one of the things I'm most proud of for you, Austin, is that, you know, you've never sacrificed any of the things that make you you and you're doing it in the most unconventional way that if any person would tell their story, they'd say, like, well, that doesn't happen. Mm. It's like it does happen. Hmm. It happens when you work hard and you put in the hours and you do the things and you have the talent and you have the background behind it and you have, like, the personality. It's not just being talented. It's not just moving to L.A. It's not just taking the auditions. It's not just having a team. It's all of those things and then some. And that's what makes, you know, everybody. That's what makes somebody successful. Right. Think about how many people get off the bus in L.A. and have talent out the ass, but don't have the work ethic or have mm. work ethic out the ass, but don't have the talent or any which way of that con- kind of combination. Mm. Uh, and I think what a lot of people and what I stress to people when they talk about you is like, no, like, yeah, he's done all these things and he's, he deserves all these things. But it's way more than that because you worked. You did it. Yeah. You put the time in, you did the struggle, you did the things and you're talented on top of it and you're a good person on top of it. It's like, that's why his story is the one that people are gonna remember. His story is the one that people are gonna talk about later on because everyone has a story of my mom was a, this and my dad was a casting director. That's how I got my first role in Zoe 101. Mm -hmm. You don't have that. Hmm. And yet you have arguably a better career and a better success than a lot of people who did. At least from where I'm sitting. Uh.
2: You know, make me cry. <laughs> so, that's that so kind. No, I thank you. I that's really why I love that. you, man. That's why I'm I proud love of you, too, man. That I'm so glad that that's recorded because I'm going to play that back on <laughs> days when I'm struggling. That's so that's so generous and kind. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I I guess that's that is true to a degree. I I grant and see that there are things that I you know give myself credit for for sure, and I'm also aware that a massive part of this is luck. You know, it's a massive part is luck. The luck, you have to have the luck because the luck is the timing. The luck is, you know, the opportunity, the room, the door opening up and being able to, you know, go into that room or the or the, the right project coming up at the right time that you're the right age and the right look for it and all of that thing. That's the luck. The other part of it is got to be prepared when the opportunity comes up, for sure. You've got to do the work. You've got to, you know, have the talent and all of that stuff. So I, I definitely acknowledge that. Yeah. And I acknowledge that it is a massive degree of luck you know uh, to to a point but like i told christian when we started this podcast you
1: know you don't get luck or you don't have luck yeah even come up or be an opportunity unless you prepare for it right yeah because yeah, I, uh, I mean yeah i to a point it is luck sure but you wouldn't have gotten at least for where i'm sitting you yeah. wouldn't have gotten that luck if you didn't do the work yeah. to set it up you don't get i appreciate that yeah so yeah I, and and you know one of the things i'm thinking about while we're doing this whole podcast is the three of us all had the same goal when we all the three of us graduated college or graduated high school we all had the same goal and intention and of the three of us you're the only one who went through with it you did move to LA and you did the auditions and you did the work and I you did, did the stuff
2: but but i will also say though like i i had parents who i'm not saying you, you didn't have these parents but like my parents My dad always had a dream of his name up in lights, right? You know, and he tells me this story all the time of like, I always had this dream of my name up in lights. And I realized one day that it wasn't mine. It was yours. It was your name. And because we have the same name, you know, I'm also the third. That's deep. And so he was never, he never pushed me. They never pushed me, but they always were very... Um, they drove me to LA. Yeah, exactly. Like they drove me to LA, to LA for auditions and stuff. And I had, you know, my dad wasn't working, so he could do that. He could yep. take me to, down to LA and all that stuff. So like there are a degree of of circumstances that I had from a young age that hmm. definitely played a part. That's you know right. what I mean? Even though we, we all, you know, like it, I'm just saying, it's not always an equal playing field you know what i mean like it's (laughs) circumstance is different for each person and i acknowledge that well
1: and for me that means a lot to me because for years i you know punished myself and, and treated myself badly for the for not doing the things that we said we were going to do and not on not giving myself the opportunities that i thought i wanted and instead making the decision to you know, work and, and give myself up to, uh, working in a restaurant. And, you know, so much to the point where like I stopped going to school and I stopped doing Mm -hmm. all these things. And, um, my, my, my opportunity, my, my immediate goals were different, right? And so I adapted to what it was and convinced myself that that was my long-term goals, Mm -hmm. um, and I always punished myself and blamed myself for not doing the things that you did because I I told myself we had the same opportunity, but you're 100% right. Yeah. I mean, also
0: I also... Shouldn't compare, I'm sorry. Uh, no, 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 please go. I'm just saying it's... <clears throat> I mean, you shouldn't compare yourself. Right. Oh, duh. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's Yeah, exactly, 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 that, That's period. the whole... That's the
2: umbrella right, yeah. over all of right. it. Right, right. <clears throat> uh, I mean, yeah. Right. But like another thing that that, you know, I didn't have to... Weight tables, right? Because I, my dad was in the military. He got injured in the military. So he, the the United States government paid for my college. And not only that, but because my dad is a disabled veteran, Mm -hmm. I got a monthly stipend as his caretaker. Mm -hmm. So I had help from the government financially that meant I was in a place where I could audition all the time and not have to worry about how to get out of a serving job or something like that. You know, I, I, I had other jobs I drove for Uber and drove for Lyft and all that stuff, but I had more flexibility than most people do. So again, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that, you know, it's all luck for, it's all luck for me and whatever. I'm just acknowledging. And I think it's because I think it's very important to acknowledge that everyone's circumstances are different and you can either capitalize on those or you know bypass them you know you can you can work against your circumstances it's not it's not to say that you can't if your circumstances are not x you can't do y sure but it's just that what you said you should never compare to anyone because all you see are the highlight reels and the you know what they've accomplished and all these things and you don't really see how their situation might be different from yours or how the building blocks were different or you know all of that stuff. It, it just you know you could use it's a someone else's situation
0: factor. or success as uh as a constructive influence, something to push you, mm-hmm. like because that's that's it's a catalyst or a cap, right? Mm. Yeah, and I don't want it to like I don't want someone else's success as like a comedian or as a singer to like make me be like oh I'm never gonna make it I'm never gonna make it. Mm-hmm. It I try and it's not always uh, in my favor, but I try to be like oh. If they could do it, I could do it too. It motivates me. If mm-hmm. you could use it constructively, then that's good. You know, yeah. if we could if we could look at Austin's success as a performer and be like, he did it and I can too. That's better yeah, than yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. we had the same goals as him and like uh when we didn't do it rather than and having it pacify us, that's not like the right thing. Because I yeah, I get that too. I've For sure. I've definitely like compared myself to other people. And like, but you're right. It's like uh it's not always an equal playing field. Right. Like we some people have the um more resources to help propel them into different resources, mm-hmm. different, resources. different resources not more different. or less different yes. different. Different. different resources Important that could help yeah. them in certain situations yeah. um and i deeply appreciate like it's nice to hear that your parents like they didn't mm-hmm. push you they didn't right. force you to do no, this but
2: they were always very supportive
0: and they supported and i i i i kind of envy that and my parents were always supportive of me doing mm-hmm. it but they wanted me to finish school get my degree and right. then like and then I could do whatever the fuck I want after I have that piece right. of paper. But like I remember
1: um, – Our parents had different objectives.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like my parents wanted me wanted me to have stability, which makes complete sense. And mm-hmm. now I have that. Yeah. But I remember there was a time that I went with my, my, my dad to uh, a casino. I think it was Thunder Valley Casino. Mm-hmm. And they had <laughs> – Nice. They had karaoke there, right? And I went and – because he said, do you want to go – sing some karaoke, and I was like, hell yeah. And at the time, I was- he uh, drove
1: you an hour and a half out to do karaoke?
0: <laughs> no, no, no. He wanted to go gamble. And oh, like, okay. You know, all that stuff. <laughs> Filipinos love casinos. Yes, they do. But he brought me there, and I signed up, and I sang. At the time, I was just in community college. I was going mm-hmm. to Diablo Valley College, and I was just singing, and I so I sang, like, uh, Superstition by Stevie mm-hmm. Wonder, and I sang Mac the Knife by Bobby Darren. I sang those two songs, and I remember- uh, getting off stage, and there was this like bearded man that came up to me, and uh, he was just like, "Hey, I-, I like what you did up there. Mm. Um, Come back to my, my room. <laughs> Come back to my room, room five six Do seven. Do some more." Um, but he gave me this business card. He says, "Like, hey, I'm part of uh, this band that like uh, does like every casino in this like area from like Sacramento mm. all the way to like so and so, and we're looking for a vocalist right now. Our mm-hmm. vocalist just dropped out. Please, please email us back." we based out of Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And then I w- ran up to my dad. And like, I should have been, this is where a boundary should have been set. Ran up to my dad. I said, that guy just gave me like a, an opportunity to like audition for his uh, band. And they like audition at, or they perform at casinos regularly. Mm-hmm. And like, they have like other mm-hmm. things. And my dad said, Sacramento's far. You should focus on school. Mm. And that is something I constantly think yeah. about. And I love yep. my father. And he's like, yep. he set me up for success. Right.
2: Uh, it's it's those those moments yeah it's those moments two words is all it takes for
1: somebody to be like okay you're right Mm -hmm. yeah and And then we sit on it and lament on it and think about it but you have to know that in the moment your dad was probably weighing the cons of being like my son's not going to be a casino singer i know Mm -hmm. he wants to be a singer and i know getting the gratification from being in front of people this could be it no
0: not even that i think he was weighing out the cons the pros and cons in the sense that like Sacramento's far, that's gas money. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah, time right. and that's his time away from school. Mm-hmm. You just got accepted to Davis. Right. Which is like Davis is closer to
2: hey, I mean he should have thought about it a little bit more, uh, honestly. Yeah. Well,
0: I mean, I should have I don't blame him at all. Like he he comes from a different background, so
2: also those decisions, that advice has led you here. And from my perspective, you have a very beautiful life. You have wow. a fantastic life. You yeah. know what I mean? And so that was not wrong. You no. know what I mean? That was just his his idea of the lane, you know what I mean? And for all you know that thing could have not gone anywhere, you yeah. know what I mean? So you never know. You never know. Never. But that's but it's but it is it is in those moments where it can go this way or it can go that way, you know? Well, and and, the and it's not necessarily see- one is better than the other or any, you know.
1: Yeah, and the difference is, you know, you just told this story about your parents and I think our parents' objective was different and was different than what we wanted, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, your objective and your parents' objective lined up right. incredibly exactly. well. Exactly, mm-hmm. um, But it'll always be a battle for us and our parents. And mm-hmm. I've and i, and, and I I've just accepted it, you know. Mm-hmm. They're not going to accept, you know, what it is and how it is. But, you know, not to say that you don't, but, like, luckily I have a mom and a dad, my mom in particular, who'll see this podcast and stuff and be like, you know what, I don't get it, but <laughs> it's yeah. working for him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. it took a while. Like, it took months for me to, like, really explain it to her and stuff. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because it's not something they understand. A pot the word podcast wasn't a fucking thing even fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. Dude, and whatever this is, like
0: it's it's memories, it's like performing, it's hanging out with my best friend. It's it's uh And me too. Immortalized yeah, hanging out with my, my best friend. Um it's immortalized these conversations yes. for eternity and whatever it turns into, and like we're hoping that it turns into something that we can mm-hmm. like really monetize
1: from but, well, you know, and even if it doesn't, I remember my mom asking me, she's like, you're going to be okay with your kids in the future being able to listen to the things that you've just said. And I go, yeah, because my kids, I'm not going to lie to them. I'm not. Oh, that sounded really bad. But that is what I said. Because my parents hid a lot of things from us, from me and my brother. Mm-hmm. Right. They didn't tell us a lot of things. We didn't know a lot about them growing up or who they were as mm-hmm. people. We knew them solely as mom and dad. And mm-hmm. they made a point to make sure that that's how we only saw them. It's only until really recently that I've really gotten to know my parents, and mm-hmm. they've really gotten to know me as mm-hmm. a person. And I don't want that relationship with my children. If my children want to listen to this, I can almost guarantee they won't, because who wants to listen to their fucking dad talk for two <laughs> hours for 500 fucking episodes? Nobody. Dude, uh, I'm excited. I'm sorry, go ahead. You finish well, your thought. Well, no, but but... That I want them to, and I want them to know who I was and see how I grew and see how mm-hmm. I learned and relate that to their experiences and know that I have been through this. My parents' whole thing was like, we don't tell you our problems because we don't want you to use them against us mm. like when we have an argument. But it's like, but wouldn't I not use it against you because I can now relate to you and know that you're understanding mm. and you're telling me no because you've been through it? Mm. But then my kid's going to be an asshole who doesn't listen anyways because that's how I was. So. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know, you don't know yeah, because
0: you. I'm my i don't know much about my dad like he really has layers and like i even at this age i'm still learning a lot about him and like he doesn't even have pictures of himself as a kid because mm. i think they all burned down in the philippines or something mm. like that so i don't know much about him but now these are like moments like if my if my uh son or daughter whoever in the future like ask like what like what were you in like like in your mid 20s, yeah. to late 20s, yeah, i be like, "Well, here's a collection of a uh, thousand episodes that you could like really do, and also it'll get me those motherfucking views in Yay. 20 years. <laughs> all right, all right, that's when we want them in, in
1: 20, 20 years. years, in 20 exactly. years. Yeah, yeah. A set a
2: timer, baddies. Yeah. But you know, both that that is so true, and also this this is so powerful. Like when I first found out that y'all were doing this, and like I'm so honored to be on it because this this is big. This is taking the power kind of like what's talking about the, with the writing and everything and like like this is creating something that is your own mm-hmm. this is giving yourselves a platform and all it takes is w- the right person to see this at the right time to see mm-hmm. one episode to see three minutes of it yeah yep Seth Rogan happens to stumble upon you know, three minutes of your episode. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's funny. We should call them in. Da, da, da. And just like that, y'all are massive. Like that's that's how easily it can happen. For sure. But that can only happen when you are brave enough to create something to and stick to it, which y'all are doing. Yeah. So that's amazing. That's fantastic. And that's no small feat. And the last thing I'll say on this is, is everyone's timeline is different. Everyone's timeline is different. Some of the best some of the best actors out there the most the people i respect the most didn't start till they were 40 or 50. Mm-hmm. Olivia Colman i think is one of the best actors we have and she was a maid until she was i don't know what 44 wow. and now she's one of the biggest movie stars in the world. So all i'm saying is like it's never it's never too late to, you know, do the thing that you always dreamed of yeah. and everyone's timeline is different and what y'all are doing is no small feat. Like this is this is very impressive and powerful. So I'm very, I'm very honored to be here and thank you for having me of course yeah, I, think, I absolutely I mean, love that I yeah, think that's something thank you I think it's something we knew in the backyard
0: bless, bless you, you. <laughs> never again this is <laughs> such bless a deal oh, <laughs> um oh and then he followed up with something like that
1: <laughs> I know this is what I deal with everyone has a different god <laughs> that's
0: where Seth Rogen's just like
1: I was going to yeah, call right, them right. Seth Rogen <laughs> has heard our exactly. show <laughs> he reached out to me to tell me he'll never listen again
0: <laughs> um so, no, I feel like that what you just said is something we knew in the back of our minds. All it takes is like
2: mm-hmm. three
0: minutes or like a clip on Instagram for someone to see and be like, right. OK, let me like dive into their YouTube channel. Right. And like, boom, it could blow up that way. But to hear it, you know, these are things that, yeah, they're lodged into our subconscious. But like to hear it again, especially mm-hmm. from someone that we we trust and look mm-hmm. up to that's fucking that's motivational now i just want to like i, I just want to keep doing this yeah. i just want to keep making more and more and more and more
1: and i've uh, always said since we started the podcast this is the garage band of the modern day right yeah so like how many garage bands did get seen did get hurt and turned into something mm-hmm. a number yeah. yeah how many of them never did yeah even more but yeah. it's like but at the end of the day well, they all had an experience they all had an enjoyment and yeah. still got something from it exactly
2: i'll, I'll give you one little story on, on to, to reinforce that point i get a phone call. From Tyler Perry in 2021, right? And I'm like, why, why would Tyler Perry be, be calling me? He had seen me on Pose. I was on Pose for you know a grand total of three oh, minutes, yeah. maybe. He'd seen me on Pose. He had this movie in his mind, and Netflix, the studio, had mentioned Regé Jean, who is the actor uh, from Bridgerton mm-hmm. that I look a lot yes. of that, of and I get a lot of that, of and. The, like the day that they had mentioned Reggie John's name, he had seen me on this episode of Pose for the two seconds that I was on it and put the two together. He kind of looks like Reggie John. Huh. Could be cool to, uh, you know, get somebody new. And that's why he called me. And that is very much... It's not because I was Hamilton for two years. It's not because of whatever else I did. It's because of that two seconds on a show that I almost didn't even audition for because I didn't think I was going to get it. Because I was like, this is like a shirtless, you know, beach guy. Lifeguard. Yeah, exactly. Like, I would never get that. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I would never get. So I almost didn't even go in for that. Mm -hmm. But my manager convinced me to go in for it. Wow. And so there's one, there's one turning point, right? And then I almost didn't do the shoot because I had a vacation scheduled and (laughs) they shifted the dates and we almost couldn't work it out. And I finally just agreed to like cancel my vacation and do the thing. There's another turning point. And then Tyler Perry had to turn that on at the right time. And he was in the place to be receptive to me and Mm -hmm, thinking mm -hmm. about his film called me. And then I got to star in my first big movie. Right. Incredible. That, but that, that's, what i'm talking about right and that is what you that is the platform you have created for yourselves here and that's anybody who's listening it can be that simple that's where luck meets preparation exactly you know what i mean yep. that's where the opportunity happened because of a random alignment of stars in the cosmos but i then did the work and showed up and you know read did you know Read put put my effort in to read the material well and you know he liked well, yeah. my acting but because all that could have happened and then they bring you in and then you're like uh the cat runs exactly fast. and they're like tyler <laughs> exactly the fuck are you exactly exactly so you got to be ready you got to put in the work you got out of town all of that for sure but the you know the rest of it is just random so all you mm-hmm. can do is just put yourself out there yeah. and you know hope for the best
1: i think what also helps us too is we just we do love this podcast Right. Yeah. We just mm-hmm. love being here and being in this moment, talking to people, meeting people, uh, and just having and having, you know, that opportunity. You mentioned the thing about, you know, if the manager that was one turn and mm-hmm. then Tyler Perry that was another mm-hmm. turn. Uh, I was just telling Christian the last time we recorded, we ended up spending a couple hours downstairs just drinking and talking. And I told him, you know, I've been thinking a lot about that Nicolas Cage film, Family Man, which mm-hmm. we, had, we had just done a review on. And I was like, one of the lines that they said was no, no choice is inherently good or bad. They're mm-hmm. just choices. Right? Uh-huh. You just got to right. kind of live with them. And that has like, and I told to Christian, like, I've been thinking about that a lot. And Christian was like, you've been thinking about that a lot. I'm like, yeah. Cause like, that's like such a beautiful, like uh, inherent fact that nobody addresses cause it's hard to believe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, choices aren't good or bad; they're just choices, and right. you go with what happens. And if you know if a choice was made differently, you'd go with what happened in that sense right. too. You know, right?
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: So make choices, people. Exactly. So
0: like, what kind of per, like does it? How do you build on that choice? Is really what mm-hmm. is good or bad, right. right? Not necessarily what was done,
3: right?
1: I mean, yeah. Not. I, I mean, yeah. I was gonna say it's it's what. It's not how do you build? Is the building good or bad? Because we just said it's inherently not good or bad. It's just
2: what is open up now? What are Mm -hmm. the options now? And you never know what the outcome is going to be. You never know. You know what I mean? Like this is a wild, ridiculous thing. But like I could do a project where the character is a biochemist mm -hmm. and I say, oh, shit, I know I have a friend who could consult on that. Mm -hmm. Let me you know, bring him on while you're there. Mm By the way he he's an actor and a singer. Oh, we have this other role that we were just writing. Uh, that we, where this, you know, this guy is, is singing in, you know, at a, at, a, at a piano bar, like, oh, he's here. Just let's do it. Please tell me this is true. No. But I'm not saying, it could no, be. No, not what and what I'm saying is like, that, that is something that may, would only be made possible in that random, unique, specific scenario. But stuff like because that. Because you are, because you went to school and you mm-hmm. finished and you became a biochemist. You know what I mean? So it's just, well, they are, you just never like, right. there's right. stories like that. There are always stories
1: like that. Danny in as just a person to like tell people how to act like, convicts on con Air. Mm-hmm. and then everybody was like he's actually uh pretty good at this right yeah. and he spent time in prison right why don't we just use him yeah and now mm-hmm. Trejo is danny fucking trejo and he has his yeah. own
0: taco place in la and that fucking also <laughs> oh, op- <laughs> does we man let's not get it a- the taco <laughs> thing isn't success um yeah dude it's i think this is like a, a constructive talk for for us as creators because it's easy um to get in our own heads mm-hmm. to kind of have this battle and clash with our own egos um and you know really really trying to gauge our success with like with something like a podcast it's easy to try to gauge your success with by looking at the numbers when mm-hmm. it's not truly really the numbers it's like uh it's it's really it's more than just that mm-hmm. and to get validation from like someone we know and love as opposed to validation from how many from the numbers we see on a screen right which our validation baddies
1: don't think we're diminishing it. yeah please
0: keep yeah, watching yeah. and give us the watch time and all that's just we love austin more
1: than every
2: single fucking one of you
0: i didn't say that we love you we I love did. you guys but we are we know we've known you for
2: a long time it's all about that dedicated fan base though no matter what size yeah. it is because yeah. the nice number save. the numbers can change overnight yes. easily yes. you know yeah. what i mean so like You got to just do it for Well, And we've
1: seen numbers in other countries and other places that just Mm -hmm. pop for like a month or an episode or something silly. And it's like, oh, well, that's that's cool. Somebody out in Lithuania somehow stumbled upon us and they downloaded the last 30 episodes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Sometimes that happens. Yeah. Um, Should we do an improv scene? I think
2: we should. I think. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah.
1: We never do this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this whole thing is essentially an improv scene. It though. really right? is. I mean, conversation. Conversation.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, dude. So the way we usually do improv on this, I don't have to explain improv to you. We're just gonna do improv. It could be about whatever. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited because we haven't really done. I I want to. I want to eventually get together and like do like a a. Uh, Get our old improv team together in this household and like record it and just do improv mm. and uh, put it up on YouTube and uh sounds like you guys are against the idea. Let's just do an no, improv. No, no, no.
2: I I I'm in my head about what I'm, what, what what you're I'm gonna gonna be do it on improv. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, the thing about improv is you don't plan it, bro. Yeah, I know. So yeah, right, here's your go. script. No, I'm just
0: <laughs> oh, you do get nervous. Ooh, I do.
2: What? I get I get nervous. blush. I get, no, ne- am I, <laughs> I get a slightly darker hue. No, I get I get I get excited exactly mm. yes because it's not di- it's not different really it's not different <laughs> No, there isn't there's it's how, really it's no where difference where your brain is the, yeah the 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 it's the same physical reaction whether well, you're nervous or you know fearful or or excited so it's really just about how you you, you label it. it and frame it yeah 100 percent. so i'm excited and i'm choosing to call it nervous because you know I it's an uncomfortable feeling. I'm very familiar. We'll pull that with blanket it. up a little bit higher. <laughs> <laughs> there
0: you go, your safety blanket, like Linus. Let's do it, bro. All right, ladies and gentlemen,
1: highly irrelevant. Um, Mom, Dad, yeah. I um. I need to tell you guys something. It's something that I've been thinking about for, for quite a while now. Okay. <sighs> i don't know how to bring this up before to before you, you do but, it can you set the plates um well actually mom that's why i'm bringing this up no. i um i i want to eat all oh. <laughs> dad <sighs> oh dad's awake he can hear us now yeah you oh, to, oh, oh, i'm
2: sorry you, uh, honey are you okay uh, uh, i was just yes, telling I, you I, did, uh, I was watching uh i dream of beaver and it just uh, <clears throat> don't took me all. out. You know how sometimes I glaze over. What were you saying, son? I was just—I was getting to my point actually. It's just that
1: I—I want to eat out of a dog bowl on the floor like a dog. I don't want to mm. eat at the table with plates and silverware anymore. Mm. I want to—I want to wear a collar, and I want to walk on all fours, and I want to eat out of a bowl and, and lap out of a bowl of water. And I think it's—it's it's important that you guys know that that's where I—I I, I feel, and.
2: I mean, these... it was 1973. Oh, here we go, Martha. Yeah, yeah. When George Carver took the stage at Wimbledon.
1: I mean, you tell me this every he week.
2: He wanted to be an astronaut when he was five years old. Did you know this? I mean, only because you've told you me. You know to... this, Martha?
0: Oh, of course I know this. I've heard this he story a bunch of times. To, to be. be an
2: astronaut. astronaut. You can finish the story. You, I, yeah. you know it so, so well. He wanted
0: to be an astronaut. And I mean, we
2: could all finish it. Honestly. We're so talking, son.
0: Actually, it wasn't actually possible because, like, as much as media says, reach for the stars. It would He he could not handle the G force. Um, mm. It would actually make him profusely. Mm, and profusely. Th- profusely. And it's very similar to my sister, your Aunt Martha. Martha. I'll let you have this one. You remember what Aunt Martha wanted to be Martha. when she was a kid? God.
2: Martha. Martha. What what a piece of ass.
0: And I don't get offended. We're identical twins. It every time. We're identical twins so beautiful, it's actually flattering.
2: Beautiful. Uh, I, I digress. Martha was a wonderful, wonderful woman. She wanted to be a penguin. Penguin. And talking about the the, 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 the animalias. Yes, the animalias <laughs> of it all. She wanted to be a penguin, and and what did you say to Martha?
0: I said it's not physically possible, Martha. You have a you have a husband and kids to take care of, and we're not in the North Pole. Mm. Silly, she thinks we're in Antarctica. So we just had to let her down. Absolutely ridiculous. It's when ridiculous. you think Everybody about shut it, shut the fuck up for Stupid. a second, because
1: mom, are you in the North Pole and Antarctica? Those are two different parts of the world.
0: Penguins ex- exist in both. He's
2: no, right. they don't. He's I, right. They He's only right. exist
0: in Antarctica, mom. They're only in
2: Antarctica. But what it's nice to my dream. point is.
0: But his point is, dear.
2: You are a cat, son.
0: You're, you're more of a cat. We see you. Look at the way your shoulders are are hiked up right now. You're being a little fussy. We've
2: known since you were two. Mm-hmm. You started licking your skin at, at, at two.
1: Dogs lick their skin. I just hate shitting in that box.
2: But dogs do not have the tongue scrapers on their tongue. No. They can't comb their fur. They, can't they merely it. salivate upon it. Yeah. That's not you, son.
0: Mm-mm. We've seen how you drink water from a bowl. You dip it in there just like a cat does. Just
2: like a cat does. And you know why? You <laughs> Look know at why? us, son. You know why their tongue... Look at us when we're speaking to you, boy. You know why their tongue <laughs> feels
0: like sandpaper? It's because they're like little spoons in there. Uh, they like little spoons. Little so they- Dad told me that was spoons. God's
2: gift to the cats.
0: Oh, it's great. They don't have to scoop it up into their throats like a
2: It's true. Dog. It's true. It's so true. I have a, a resolution... To this identity issue. Yeah. Well, can I just
1: bring this into the fray? Oh, please, Dad! I found your yearbook from 1954, and if you'll look back here at page 72, do
0: you still lick your finger when you turn pages? 72. The
1: Furry Club of Bellevue High School, I, in 1952. Look who I, is captain of the Furry Squad, Mom. I don't.
0: Yeah, no, I see. It's it's it's. Uh, look, who I is don't. it? It's it's Gershwin Johnson. Oh. Oh, fuck. That's not dad? I mean, The one next to him is dad.
2: I don't want you to repeat my mistakes. Yes, he was a I furry. I don't want you to go down the path that I have led. It took me years to decide that I was not that human, that animal.
1: But dad, I am an animal.
2: And that's okay.
1: I and mean, I love animals. That's... Wait, is that not... That's
0: a bit deeper.
2: Honey... Is that what we're talking about, but it's fine. I'm lost. <laughs> hey, I'm a little lost. You want to be a dog? I want to be I want to eat like a dog. You want to like a dog. You know Virginia. what, son? <laughs> He's right.
1: He's I'm just, right. I just, just want to be
2: like you, Dad. You should You should follow your dreams and don't let me hold you back. Don't let Martha, your beautiful, beautiful, not quite as hot as her sister mother... It's still a piece of ass, though.
1: Well, that's don't
2: let good. us hold you back. Honey, oh boy,
1: I'm now I'm not afraid to show you this my furry helmet.
0: Oh, oh it's
1: a dog. I'm a no dog. dog. I've, okay. I've
2: certainly seen better, but you know,
1: well, I maybe. it's a start, <laughs> it's made out of trash.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, it's,
1: it's not hygienic, honey. We'll,
2: we'll get to work on that. Yeah. I, I'll help you, son.
1: And honestly, I, I this is all just a big cry for help because the paper mache in here is falling apart. Cut to the
2: pound. <laughs> Cut to the pound. We love you, son. Yeah, then, let me out. Oh, this is taking a turn. All right. We'll I think leave. you'll
0: be fine, but you'll be safer here. There's a
1: lot of cars I'm not near a real dog, house. Mom.
2: I, I'm just pretending. Near... This no. is this is the thing about not knowing how to end a scene. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cut to the bedroom.
1: I love this. I love this so much.
0: This was so much
3: fun.
1: Let's just, yeah, Dude, we can this just was, say our goodbyes. Yeah, this was really,
0: really fun. fun. This has been going on longer than I thought it was going to, but that's because it was just really fun to do. Really, I, really fun to do. So much fun. So nice to have you in the studio. Nice to have all three of us in the room. Shout out to Otis. He wishes he could make it here, but he has to go save lives, so he has to get some rest before he goes on a his shift as a nurse. Uh, but he says hello, and Hi, uh, he loves you dearly.
2: Hi, Otis. I love you dearly as well. Um, and
0: we love you too, Otis. Um, let's <laughs> let's wrap this up austin scott the third
1: do you have a middle name
2: winfield winfield what mm-hmm. you're making that up and no, i'm not making that up get out of town i like, don't know if i've ever even see, will like, austin <laughs> scott austin w yeah i don't i don't really use it use it for much but i also don't use the third anymore because it's just too too long Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, yeah. I should because now you Google Austin Scott and two things come up. One is a your dad super your conservative grandpa. Republican oh. congressman from mm. Georgia, I believe. And the other is a professional football player who may have murdered someone. Whoa. So it's Maybe not.
1: Those are people you should strive to be like. No. Well, that's also why J. Edgar Hoover changed his name to J. Edgar Hoover. Because there was another John E. Hoover who like was writing bad checks. And he was like, I don't want to be associated with him. I want to leave the <laughs> FBI and wear women's panties.
0: Mm, yeah okay I've heard that fact before from you before and it's uh, yeah, yeah yeah thank you thank yeah. you you're welcome appreciate that um, let's wrap this up Austin <laughs> happy holidays happy holidays y'all to you and your family please tell them when we say hello and we oh, love you well. from the bottom of our hearts likewise thank you for coming over thank you for spending time with us and uh, thank you for talking um, one last thing if you could please look into the barrel of your camera and leave the listeners with a piece of advice an anecdote or a phrase
3: Mm.
2: Better to have. (laughs) I was. (laughs) Still in that voice. I was trying to come up with like some Dr. Seuss thing that I was making up. Better to have a shoe on Tuesday than a shock on Thursday. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays.
0: Um, Austin, where could they find you? Where can listeners follow you and all of that stuff? If You
2: follow me at Austin Scott ninety three on uh, Instagram, ch- Twitter, all those things. Right, and it's verified, people.
0: What? Pr- where could they watch some of your work? And uh, what could they expect
1: to see uh, in the future? It's a small unknown website, right? <laughs> it's called small... Netflix.
2: <laughs> yeah, you can go on Netflix <laughs> and Broadway. <laughs> uh, yeah, Netflix uh, Jazzman's Blues now streaming. Um, oh. Sterling Affairs should come out. Next year on Hulu and FX. Hang on. Is Ed O'Neill Donald Sterling?
1: He is. Wow. And Lawrence Fishburne is Doc Rivers. Wow. What? Yeah. All right, right,
0: baddies. (laughs) We love you. And remember, it's better to have shoes on Tuesday than a shark on Thursday. A sock. Sock. that's what you said. <laughs> I gave you this
2: nugget of gold and you just Well, you were talking like this. You were talking as better, uh, better to have a better to have a shoe on Tuesday than a sock on Thursday. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye we
3: can't be that bad.